And welcome back to WTF and Von Adil. In a world gone mad, we will not spank the monkey, but the monkey will spank us with Spicy and... The Fox Danger. And today, it's been a long week. We don't have a topic. We're going to just hash it out in the typical fashion that we tend to do in the first place. Yeah, sounds about right. And I am watching this dude complain for like the last three days about having to do an Imperium weapon because you can't simply just buy it. Wait, who? Oh, just some dude. It's not even worth... Well, not specific names. This is like in the uh, the NM Link show. Yeah. Oh, boy. Man, that's the thing. Like, I don't really understand why people make these laundry lists of things. I, I really, I'm kind of jumping the gun, but... No, no, no I didn't know yeah. this was kind of go for. This is great because this is exactly the, the, the thing I feel. Well, it's the main thing that makes me feel defeated because, like, I try to put a lot of information out there about, like, why you get certain things and why you want to build up your character in certain ways and you know, how to objectively look at, you know, what you need to make your character better. And, like, still people will just go straight to, I need to make this R15 Rima for whatever reason without fucking understanding why I'm even making it to begin with. It's really ridiculous. But how are you doing today, man? Oh, uh, you know, uh, today I woke up at a respectable time, which was nice. Sometimes I stay up way too late doing stupid shit. And I woke up at a respectable time and... Instead of making breakfast like I always do, you know, I make nice, I make some bomb-ass Belgian waffles that I post in the Discord and what the food sometimes. I've been, I've been getting my Belgian waffle game down solid because I've been making them just by eye in different ways and different methods uh, every week. So my, my waffle game would make a Belgian, you know, mother cry as she tastes something that exceeds even her grandmother's recipes just by sheer chance. Um, wow, that's quite lofty. I don't think they're that good, but I love them. I, I mean, I got some. I pick up all these different jams, and is this an only pans episode now? It's a. Uh, I pick up uh, different jams. I have a vanilla pear that's really good. Just anything. I got like ten different jams floating around my fridge: raspberry, blackberry, blueberry, marmalade, tangerine. You know, just anything I can think of: pineapple, mango, just different things. So, and then you know, sometimes I put honey on them. Sometimes I put, you know. So, so I, I prefer jam, something like that. But, uh, you know, instead of doing that, which I typically do, I took Carrot to a diner for the first time. She's never been to a diner. So I took her down to Tony's. <laughs> Tony's Diner. Oh, yeah? For those who don't know, Jersey is the diner capital of the world. And uh, there's more than 500 diners, if I recall. Maybe 600, I don't know. But there's hundreds of diners, and uh, most states don't have probably even close to that many, especially ones of this size. So it's it's a thing. Uh, I don't quite know why. I would assume it has to do with the state being a transportation hub on top of uh, immigration from New York City, Ellis Island, stuff like that, because it's, it's traditionally a working-class sort of establishment of comfort foods. And they are, this one was an iconic 40s diner. Instead of like one of those modern ones, it was the whole a steel uh, aluminum kind of like box. It's it's three boots wide by, and excluding the door, uh, seven or eight boots long. So it is a, and there's like, you know, maybe 16 stools on a counter in there. So it's a cramped, not that cramped, but it's a small space. And it's just the grill and got some pancakes some bacon. You know, it's, it's a very economical kind of, you know, you ask for coffee, there's one co- one type of coffee, that's it. But there's a million things on the menu. And, uh, you know. Just, and they're, all, they're all slightly different. It's a good thing. It's a good time. Yeah, well, yes, they all are slightly different. There'll be 
they had everything on the menu just even creatively named you had uh you know the trump tower was was a waffle kind of thing going on that was weird with pork roll or something and you know they had the texas omelet the jersey omelet the california omelet the new york omelet you know those all the all those types of am i weird in that i don't really like breakfast sausage um you know you know what i'm talking about i'm talking about like the like the, the little, the little shit links. links yeah, yeah. Shit links, yeah no you're just you have taste that's you know uh, i don't know like i eat a lot of stuff it's just for whatever reason the the the, the breakfast sausages just have, just never hit the spot um I don't, I don't know what it is but like you always see them as an option or as an alternative to bacon at those those kind of places and i don't know why anyone would ever opt for that over bacon yeah because she got a side of bacon yeah exactly I got a uh, buttermilk pancakes with some, uh, you know, just it's it's not a fancy place. It's it's a low class establishment, but it's nice because it's, you know, it's the pulse of your town. You go there. The regulars that have gone there for decades are there. It's very diverse working class clientele. Anyone that you, you know, is stopping because you stop in there. The food is ready in three minutes. You know, I want these pancakes. I want bacon. I want hash browns. It's not high quality, but it's ready in, in minutes. And, yeah, well, I mean, if the grill's already warmed up, like it doesn't yeah. take long to make breakfast. Oh yeah, it's 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 super quick. It's it's faster than fast food, and I'd rather have that than fast food any day. So yeah, similar in price too. So it's nice to go to a instead of going to one of these fancy places uh, down the street or across the street that's full of very you know middle class, but all the same sort of middle class people sort of demographic in the place. Uh, instead of that, you get you know you get any sort of random person that's just happened to be passing by or lives there. So it's 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 a nice kind of cozy, know your town kind of thing instead of going to McDonald's. Yeah, but that's good. You know, I always thought it'd be nice to have a diner. I mean, I don't want to. I, I like cooking and I like eating and I like you know those sorts of things. But don't ruin your hobbies or interests by making them your job. Is what I always tell myself. And diners have too many things in the menu, so. I actually wish I had a real diner around here. Like the only one I would have would be like forty minute drive away, and I'm not gonna drive forty minutes for a diner, dude. There's so like, many. Other diners. than that, I have like like chain diners, and chain diners aren't great. Like I mean, I got IHOP and stuff, and it's just not delicious. What's great too is the diners. So this one's just the typical Tony's. So I guess it's passed down from uh, Italians or something. But there's a Greek diner, um, uh, not too far from there, and they have typical diner food, but also Greek food on top of that. There's Mexican diners, and there's all sorts of. Uh, food-wise, you can get all sorts of different staple items and cultural items in these places. And they're, I, w- I wouldn't say they're a, a dying breed per se, but they are definitely, uh, you know, local, not expanding, your little hole-in-the-wall kind of place that, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. So, you know, you see, we've been finishing The Sopranos before the uh, movie comes out in a few weeks or something. Uh, so every time they're in a diner, she's like, you know, I've never been to a diner. And I'm like, we'll go to the diner down the street then. It's no problem. So that's off the bucket list. Otherwise, um, personally, I've finished my Vajra trials up to Tinnin today. So now I got to farm more fucking Zenny, which is yippy skippy. That's a time. Um, and just in game, I haven't done much of anything. Did not doing divergence with you tonight because we're here, obviously. And well, I'm not doing divergence with me tonight because it's happening right now. <laughs> uh, otherwise, no, that's that's about it. But can for the record here, let's get on the record. Uh, you did not rage quit last time. Your computer melted down because we didn't know what happened, and we, you know, it happened at the time we were fighting over the wiki. Wait, what? I, I think I actually left. 
I had to have like, okay, so my uh, I lost my hard drive is what happened, and in the middle I of think, it, yeah, just in the middle of the episode, just hard drive just gone. Like it didn't like my computer didn't even recognize an operating system ever existed on here. It was pretty terrible. And uh, like what you guys were talking about wasn't even about the wiki at that point. Like I, I don't remember what the part of the conversation was, but. I, I was really confused when I got the message about like how you guys thought like I rage quit out or something because <laughs> we were like, confused because like, you didn't let us know. Yeah, there was like there was like there would be nothing to rage quit over. <laughs> like for me to rage quit, that would be some pretty extreme shit. Like, I know coming and you, you'd probably get like a huge lecture. That's but, why. Uh, that's why I got so nervous. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, the thing just just died. Um, it was like one of the last uh, computers I had that. Uh, I needed to upgrade to a solid state, and this is why you upgrade to solid states, guys. Um, because uh, when your sectors go bad from stuff like, I, I'm going to chalk up to the power surges. Um, you know, it, it, it you just lose everything. And uh, I, I know better. I, I should have packed stuff up, but um, I lost a, a lot of shit. So Death I spent about three days. Yeah, I spent about three days troubleshooting the actual computer itself before realizing it was a hardware issue. Because um, I thought I had a virus, and then. Um, uh, I spent like another like day or two. I'm, I'm still rewriting Lua's and stuff. And there are Lua's that I was in the process of working on uh, that I did not have backed up to a GitHub or anything uh, that are just gone forever now at this point. Like there's a, there was a very robust Beastmaster one that I've been working on for over a month. And uh, it's, it's, it's toast. And I'm completely demoted by it. Or I have no motivation to uh, go back through and, and try to rewrite that right now. So I'm just trying to get all my jobs back to working order so that I can actually be of use to people in game. And to me, it, it was even worse than that for just what I'd imagine you're going through because you had said before, if anyone doesn't remember, I remember, that you try to edit or improve a job or a Lua every single day as like a daily, yes. like some people go for a run or workout, you're like, I'm going to optimize what I got every day. So you lost... You know, you went back to the end of May, right? Yeah, May 30th was the last backup that I had on my uh, removable hard drive. And I should have done it monthly like I almost all... Or I, I, I used to do it monthly, now I'm going to be doing it weekly. Um, but yeah, when I, when I, I that is what I do. Like, if you go through and you update a job every single day and try to improve a job in some way every day, sometimes it's a small change, sometimes it's a complete overhaul of all your, your TP gear sets, High Dark Knight. Um, <laughs> like, losing all of that can, can be really huge. Um, like, uh, what I recovered was back before we even had the Bumba clears with that changed how most of my weapon skill sets worked Ooh. on a lot of jobs. Uh, stuff like that. That's rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is, and it's my fault. Like, at the end of the day, I'm, I should have backed it up. I guess they were right when they said, it's gonna be May. Yeah. I personally use Paragon Backup and Restore to make a bare metal recovery that i saved to the network attacks a network attached storage and uh, i have a mirrored uh, array on that so uh short of my house burning down or just a flood wiping away the nas my computer stuff like that short of that i don't think i could lose what i have but it's always good to also Go back and make sure your backup scheme is working after you've started it because something may have happened over time, an update in Windows or something, and you may no longer be backing up even though you thought it is. So I've seen that many times. So always good, everyone, to evaluate what you have. Because I know no one would ever want to lose these precious episodes of WTF in Von <laughs>
Well, I mean, I'm no slouch when it comes to like troubleshooting stuff. Like, I can usually fix things like between just logic and the internet <laughs> and Google. Like, you can fix most things. But this one right here, I was just completely stumped on. I was beating my head against it for like a day. So, I actually want to shout out Felgar uh, and Blame um, Lazura. They spent so many hours with me uh, troubleshooting this. So, it's, it's really appreciated. Did Abject provide moral support? Uh, he popped in, um, but he didn't really have a whole lot to say on the matter. Could he at least provide oral support then? I mean, I think I think his heart was there. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, just hours. And, and I mean, this isn't like in-person troubleshooting or anything or like any way they could interact with it. I mean, this was me describing a problem to people and then having to figure it out afterwards. It was like the worst kind of tech support. So that's why uh, it's definitely deserving of a shout out for sure. So today... Uh, I do not have a fruit beer, but I have, from Victory Brewing, Sour Monkey Sour Triple. So it is a Belgian triple sour. And uh, I was afraid of it not being very good. And I'll read the notes on the side. Tastefully tart, mystical flavors. Fruity notes from imported Belgian yeast swirl through a precise souring... um, a precise souring. Pucker up to a bite of citrus Latin tang ending with a delectable experience. Which sounds like a lot of different words and adjectives shoved into a non-descriptive sentence to me. But um, it's not, not bad. Anytime I've had something that's mixed with Belgian yeast in a tasteful way like this, it actually ended up being the Belgian yeast is a great counterbalance to all this wacky stuff people want to do. So, not bad. Yeah, all right. I usually don't go that tart with a with a beer, but you know, they're they're I, I've never not enjoyed it. I just don't go out of my way to drink those. It has fruity notes, so I figured I was on the uh track of having somewhat of a fruit beer that's not a fruit beer. Ah. Uh-huh. So we have something here from Zahn. He wrote us an email of sorts. He wrote us a PM on Discord in the form of an email because he put like Let's get up here. And... It even it even has a subject line. Yes, that's what yeah, he put a subject line and wrote it exactly like an email. Subject, not an email with not between an and email in parentheses, and not email. Dot dot dot. Mostly because I'm too lazy to log into my email, but he's not too lazy to write a subject line and structure this out paragraph wise. Gentleman, comma, enter, enter. You know, he, he made this. There's a sincerely uh, keep up your work for the community. Your boy's on. We all have our breaking points. <laughs> but since I talk way too much, do you want to read this whole Zon thing here, Fox, with your sexy baritone? Uh, sure. Gentlemen, I appreciated the opportunity you guys gave me to talk about Rinfencer back in episode 44. Since then, a few people have reached out to discuss the job in further length, offering their input on going forward, but also seeking forgotten advice to give new Rinfencers that they encounter. Uh, After listening to episode 49, I enjoyed the lore perspective of the job. If you guys want some information about Ranger or Corsair uh, with lore and how in-game lore is either influenced or reflects real-world events, people, or technology, I would like to give you guys some tidbits if you guys will have. I was a military history minor, coupled with my time in the service. And I would like to bring that perspective or give you guys points on things such as how real-life scouts and rangers of the 1600s to 1800s used scouting 
tactics, archery, and marksmanship, and how it influenced either in-game events such as in the metalworks or skills and armor draw, uh, drawn upon real-world counterparts. I'll try not to just drop them in the podcast notes channel and they just and then just disappear like some stranger. Uh, and then keep up work with the community and your boys on. So yeah, um, thanks for for writing us that. Um, we actually have considered a bit about, uh, and it looks like Spicy got back to you too. So by the time you hear this, you guys have already had like a full fledged conversation. Um, but yeah, anytime anyone wants to uh, like bring up some ideas for for something that that they think is interesting for an episode and stuff, it doesn't have to be a, a prior guest to bring up the idea. I guess just let us know. Yeah, we're always happy to have guests on, and uh, I enjoyed a Nero being there last time. It was definitely. Uh, one of the most unique guest experiences we've had so far. Yeah, I did too, actually. I, I thought you would like him. And it's probably good that you disconnected before the, the wiki argument happened, because that's when I even had to back down, because I'm like, I'm not going to blow this up over, uh, you know, a difference of opinion about something <laughs> that happened over a decade ago. Oh, jeez. Was it Clopedia arguments? Yes. Uh, I called oh. the guy, Gannaman, an asshole, and that's his friend, and it got into an argument about um, taking your ball and going home and it's your project you started, you have the right to sell it versus I was saying that uh, essentially when people give you money in a fundraiser to not shut down your site, you have a responsibility to them at that point because you've taken their money and then offered prizes on top of that. And then to do that and then shut down the site is a betrayal and a theft of the, comp- of the community's work. And it was this big, long thing about re- essentially he comes from the point of content creation professionally is his life and i definitely understand how he gets to that perspective but i still we would neither of us were going to move off of uh you know stab in the back versus him saying the community should have more than one resource but why would you if everyone's making one good resource collectively you know it, it you wouldn't you know but it was a it was it was a rather heated conversation i just could continually just kind of just de-escalated and back down further from I'm like, you know, I, you know, instead of saying, you know, it was essentially, you know, the community was so horrible. I don't blame them for selling it, but it's, you know, if it's so horrible, why would you then turn around and make the same project over again with Gamer Escape, including the XI wiki again, immediately, if it's so consuming and the community so horrible, why would you sell it and then immediately do the same project over again if you weren't looking to just cash out and fuck everyone? But that is that. And I thought that you had dropped out at that point. We both thought that. We're like, and we both felt bad because I thought I was a combative bellicose individual who was willing to die in any hill. And then I met a Nero who I love this guy, but geez, he, he, you know, I went on his stream the other day again and there was, uh, I said something, it was a political conversation. And I'll say I said something that was not politically popular about how I wouldn't vote for Hillary again, and it blew up, and I thought he was mad at me, and he's like, nah, that was only a 4 out of a 10. I'm the guy that gets up in the morning, yells at my toothbrush after brushing my teeth with it, and then yells at my toothbrush some more, essentially. So it's like, okay, that's that's just you. I got you. You know, I I, I can dig it. I just didn't know there was someone that intense who was willing to... I don't don't know what that is. Uh, He was was ready to, to Hulk smash, but... You know, that, that's interesting. Definitely, the more you speak to people in a sense of, you know, we're not just playing billiards here. We're just, we're, we're recording something for the intended people listening to it. So the more that you kind of like interview people and 
and have these conversations, the more it kind of gives you perspective on different personalities and, and, and just conversing with people. And then also you're more self-aware of what you're saying when you know that you're being recorded. So it, it's also, it's, 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 I don't know if I'm describing this appropriately, but you, you can see where I'm going with this. I guess. I mean, I don't, you know, the only way that I usually censor myself, like just because we're being recorded is I don't go out of my way to like be a jerk to specific people unless they like, truly earned it. But like, I usually don't like <laughs> change my stance on anything I say or anything just because someone's upset. And like, if I was part of that conversation too, like, I don't think that there's any world where there, I would have rage quit out of it either. Like just logically, because I don't have any stake in either BG wiki or encyclopedia. Like I honestly do not care what that dude did um, because it, it didn't affect me in any way. And I, it, just cause I edit the wiki and have a stake in it as in um, I've put a lot of, important resources on it. This isn't about me being biased towards that. I started doing that because eventually I got fed up with the result of Clopedia because of this happening. And it's not like I have a, a stake in BG either. It's just, this is, if I had never edited BG and had nothing to do with anything, I would still feel the way I do about this. And also I, you know, it's not like I really censored myself. I, uh, this, the me that talks now is the same me you'd have off of this. So, but I definitely get adjusting things on. I guess that is censorship when you would adjust things you say in certain ways, but overall I, I don't change opinions. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, 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 where I come from on that is, is there's no reason for me to call out like a specific in individual about something I've seen. Like that doesn't educate anybody and it's just inflammatory for the sake of being so. But like from where I come from on this podcast is trying to like make people better at the game, right? Because I always fucking say that. And if I'm like, drawing out specific people it's just like oh well you know fox is just trying to say he's better than other people you know, which is a, a really weird thing that comes up a whole lot uh guys i'm, I'm honestly not doing that <laughs> and uh and like just like singling out individuals is, is not how to teach people how things work it's just basically putting people on blast for the sake of entertainment, which is not cool and so that's why i don't do that there's more people involved in that whole wiki thing than counter man but he was you know him and gahoo and there was there was he was more of the face of it, and it's not. I wasn't putting him on blast. I don't care about him personally. I have no, you know, interaction with him personally, uh, compared to an era who's friends with him. So I mean, he at least had somewhere to come from there. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> not, not not good. Sure. I didn't. I didn't know he was friends with them ahead of time. So had I known, I wouldn't have prefaced the conversation with calling his friend an asshole. <laughs> That's fair, actually. Yeah, I, I I would have probably said that in the conversation. <laughs> I wouldn't have prefaced the conversation with that. But I might have kind of skewed away from that. I mean, it was a nostalgia episode. It was a a momentous time. It was a huge fork in the community. It was it was you can't not mention nostalgia and not talk about that because of it's you know I said the scars still haven't healed today, I and mean, it was kind of the idea was scoffed at or the notion was scoffed at. But I you know I I, I think that like. I think that the community would be better off if things had gone in better ways with more consideration rather than uh, a couple pieces of silver at everyone's expense. But that's just, I'm also very extreme in that matter. But also when you said that your aim, Fox, is to uh, make people better at the game, when I saw Zahn's email, I was very encouraged. Well, it's not an email. When I saw Zahn's message. It's an email in spirit. <laughs> Ode to email. When I saw Zahn's uh, telegram, 
which is actually an app, so I can't, whatever. When I saw it, I was very encouraged by the fact that he said people in game were approaching him based on the episode, you know, because there's, let's be honest, there's a lot of lurkers, same with the forum, same with anything, who have listened to us that will never know their name, their face. Sometimes maybe we're on their background in the bus and at work doing a TPS report. Who fuck knows? But those are the faceless people, the silent majority, if you will, that we do do this for. And to see that it does have that effect and it's a positive thing and that people can share in something and it builds a community within you know, a sub-community, just like our Discord. I'm very proud of our Discord because of its, you know, an interesting community within. I, I hope that my my douchebaggery keeps away the people that tend to ruin communities that fall into things. Like when uh, Anir was talking about how he wanted, I think you were gone at this point too, how he wanted to nuke, he definitely think you were gone at this point, nuke the Limit Break radio forums because just all sorts of people that were terrible had come in and ruined yeah, I wasn't around for that. Yeah, yeah, he he ended up eventually nuking the Limit Break radio forums because people had just come in to just ruin shit, as they do, which is true also of the subreddit. You know, people come into there that just fucking ruin shit, and they don't you get... You want Reddit, this is how you get Reddit. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what happens. You have to control your yields when you're growing something. You can't just let everything grow untended, otherwise there's no quality to your quantity. That's just the rule. And, you know... It's important to do that. So in terms of also the Reddit, uh, so far it's been about a week since I've requested the r slash Final Fantasy XI subreddit. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting about that. It's under manual review. I'm waiting to hear back since it could take a couple of weeks. I am hoping that I get that because I want to go really hard with reestablishing the Reddit 11 community and uh, kind of upping the quality, if you will. I don't care if it's a fork. I don't care that if this one's definitely going to be less popular. I don't care if it ever eclipses. I, this is like a BG moment of sense in a different way. But I wanna, I wanna see the potential of a better community like we have with our subreddit. I want to see that that's managed appropriately. Uh, hopefully, I don't screw that up too much. But I want to see that handled in a more proactive and encouraging sense because that's the kind of thing that keeps the game going. Uh, not these jerk-offs that want to buy their Empyrean and just, why can't I buy all the items? You know, that kind of stuff. But it's, if you really care and have a good time in the game, it's important to, in the face of all of this nonsense we have with the spam of bots and RMT, and yesterday in the Discord when uh, Haya was getting harassed by someone who's positioned and flea hacking around, uh, as Abject would call it, for it de hentai, <laughs> right. uh, just peeling mules and doing whatever, just when the game has become this cesspool of third-party tools and cheating and just nothing seems like it's wholesome anymore it's more important than ever to create these enclaves within that because otherwise you get so discouraged and just give up and then that's kind of it for the community in the game so this is the bulwark against that something like this not that we're so special and we're the we're the opposition but if it's something that you believe in or like this is how you do something about it in a way you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not, I don't have the answers, but trying to do something it doesn't take too much effort. I'm not putting my life into this. I, I got a lot of the things I do in my life, but then, you know, just something that helps the community do better than it's doing now. Yeah, that's fair. And like when I, when I do stuff, like I like to try to, I, I do the whole lead by example thing whenever I do stuff. So whenever I, I like make, whenever I make an example of something, um, 
a lot of times this is like this is like a, a weird like downfall of mine is a lot of times it can come off as like showing off and i think that that's like come out with some of the comments that we've gotten before um it happens to me in game a whole lot too um and it's it's also funny because like it, since i originated the whole daddy's love thing um, a lot of times <laughs> it can really look like i'm trying to chase daddy's love when really i'm just the most efficient bd to put on it confidence can and, be mistaken for arrogance and i think you are very yeah. confident and you demonstrate sometimes it can be a fine line but i think you very clearly demonstrate you're on the opposite side of the arrogance line most well, of the time the main thing i try to show like um last night um i went and did um the, the, this ls struggles with with mobs like key um every kiss, uh, every begins, kiss with. begins with k yeah <laughs> um because uh for whatever reason they, they just don't have a lot of supports right so they bring in like outside help and all their outside help is also dds only for whatever reason and, uh the first time we tried to do this fight uh, it, recently, uh, I was out there on Geomancer, and there weren't any like buffs at all. And they brought in this samurai who was supposed to be like all all this quick samurai, you know. And the guy, <laughs> the guy really struggled, and it took him like forty minutes to bring K to six percent, and then we timed out. And that was a, a pretty, yeah, forty minutes. Forty. Yeah, we even had a black mage to help first. So, oh so five of us roll out there last night. And they're like, oh, well, you know, how do we want to do this? And Beastmaster was part of the group. And he's like, oh, why don't we do pets? And I'm like, cool, my puppet master's garbage, but I've never seen pets kill this thing. Why not? Because I, I was actually down. I was like, sure, I'll, I'll even roll for you guys. I'll be the core. Did your puppet do skill chains? Uh, my puppet didn't go. Uh, we actually oh. settled on having me go monk. <laughs> and Beastmaster went white mage. And uh, other people were in the group, too. Like, Nor Chris actually showed up, and he went bard. Um, but basically, I went in there on monk, and I skill chained him to death and like, you know, eight minutes. Wow, that's five times faster. That's it's 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 a lot faster. And the reason I'm saying this is not to say, oh, I'm I'm cooler than this Bisquick samurai. Like I make this contrast for a reason. Um, my my monk is not nearly best in slot. Like I have some Naomi gear, but for people who know how how monk's weapon skills work, like Naomi doesn't really do a whole lot for them. It's decent, but I don't even use it in a lot of the, the weapon skills like Howling Fist. Um you yeah, really want like, a... triple attack. Yeah. And uh, I have like an R zero God hands that I used, and uh, yeah, you just killed it dead. And just having the the right sets on the right TP sets, uh, going in with the right buffs in mind, you know, stuff like that. Um, we didn't need a black mage at all. Uh, we just had a, a we went core bard, and the geo really didn't do a lot because I made him put the bubble away uh, because I just ate the dancing fullers on on monk. Like I made sure that that there was nobody near me when when it got pushed, and uh, the corsair like he felt really bad. Um, because he accidentally wandered in when it was at when it was at seventeen percent, and he rolled allies roll on me, and he happened to hit the lucky number right as I closed my second victory smite, and I dropped him seven <laughs> percent, and it, it pushed it to dancing fullers, and we ate a five k dancing fullers wiping the two of us, <laughs> so I had to get up and hold it like um, with weakness until that wore off, and that's but, why it was eight did, minutes. Yeah, the dude felt really bad, and he's like, oh, I shouldn't have come and rolled on you, and I was like, dude, it's not your fault. Like, I, I'm the DD, right? Uh, and I'm also the tank in this situation. Like, I could have also just stopped. Like, I, I didn't know he was rolling that, but I mean, people make mistakes, right? So I wanted to point out that people make mistakes, but even though you make mistakes, you can still clear the content, and even if you don't have, like, the best gear, as long as you have a reasonable approach to why you're wearing the gear you're fucking wearing, you can you can kill stuff like this like just just go in with the right strat and that's why you know the strategy is better than just trying to brute force it with all the stuff you've charged your credit card so that's kind of the, like the moral of the story like I'm, I'm trying to give an example of the time when it seems like i'm showing off but i'm really not i'm just trying to show people by example 
that you can be a DD as long as you are approaching being a DD properly. Speaking of being a DD, I am. I went to between my Vajra trials and stuff today. Uh, it's currently Saturday, so I wanted to bust out some of my sparks and my other stuff. You know, clear that out. So I went to go fight some, uh, you know, easy Unity NMs for the AF plus two, uh, reforge yeah. items. Yeah, that those items. So I just go out there, maybe get some Baitetsu. Maybe I'll get some, you know, some of those to sell. They're like thirty k a pop, but you get a few in a in a call for some time. So. I'm spending the accolades. I'm, you know, getting some extra sparks because I actually, I didn't have 100k sparks. I wasn't capped on sparks yet. I didn't get enough sparks during the week, which gives you an example of how little I did because most of them came from doing um, blue AoE burn for detritus, which now I've farmed up by hand uh, six stacks of detritus. So I, on blue mage, so I have them for my Vajra because I go in there and, you know, and, 12 if i'm really trying hard 10 or so minutes i can clear that whole thing for anywhere from you know six to you know 12 or so detritus so i've been getting lucky lately getting 10 or so a run so I yeah mean, most of my sparks all came from that you know doing damage constantly to everything with nukes and that so i didn't have enough but going and fighting even though it was weak going and fighting uh war axe beak today and doing a trick attack to my trust, and then running around behind the mob, then do a sneak attack, close darkness, and kill it. You know, two weapon skills, bam, bam, boom, quick fight. But it also reminds me of why thieves, you know, you didn't see a reason for thief, but it's enjoyable to play a job that you have to worry about positioning on frequently. Because you're doing something. Yeah, you're, you're doing something that's engaging you, and I could do it in different ways. I could do it where I just do it straight up without trick attack, and then do a bully, which, you know, a little long, three minutes, but... And then close it and kill it the same way, or I could do, you know, any, any, you know, I mean, that's pretty much about it. But I could do, you know, it, it's, yeah. I have options and I'm engaged and moving. And, you know, when I have a trust who looks like they're not in range of trick attack, but is, it shows me how I have to be more precise in general with trick attack because you can hit something you don't think you're hitting with it and you wouldn't know that sometimes in battle. So it's, you know, it's just good to see and playing, you know, these different jobs and stuff sometimes. I always enjoyed Thief. I enjoy the way it can be played, and I'm looking forward to Vajraing it up if I can ever get in another group for a run or something, because you can't find three-time uh, farm shouts. And I don't want to lose my bonus right now. So I still have that three-times bonus from you, because I haven't done a fight since then. Oh, I've done a farm you know, or two, but... I'm like... I'm, I'm obviously really down on thief like i think i it's my personal least favorite job in the game right but i have always really wanted to like thief because i like the whole idea of positioning and stuff like i really love geomancer and geomancer is all about positioning uh so to like the same extent like i like thief because thief is like the geomancer of dds when it comes to like positioning things and i i, I really want to like it <laughs> I, I really really do but for whatever reason whenever i'm on it it's just not fun and i don't know like i'm, I'm glad you can you can do that sort of stuff with it you know, and I know that that deep down I'm wrong, but I, I just, for whatever reason, just just can't get over my personal experiences with Thief. I'm looking forward to using Mendelik Stab in situations in defensive sets of Malignants where I can use a weapon skill that excels for um, not sneak attack. You know, if I'm just, if it's down because I'm spamming and I'm in a situation where I'm not attack buff like Odyssey and also one of the defensive set and getting, you know, comparatively a little more out of it than I would with, say, Twashtar, then I'm looking forward to that because Thief, to me, is like Ninja that's more desperate with less options. 
I have evasion to fall back on. I have Thief's got good magic evasion because it's one of the jobs that gets the uh, uh, not carrier sash, but the one from Carbuncle, the engrave belt, the yeah. engrave belt, which is a much better option. Not by much, but just that kind of thing. But it gets the terms gear, which you know, Thief and Dancer are unique as light DDs in the fact that they have that kind of stuff. Dancer, of course, you know, you can't. I mean, I'm not a dancer, but you can't beat Dancer in terms of what that job brings to the table compared to Thief. But it is nice that, you know, Thief does have certain tools that I think are very useful, especially in Odyssey when we're fighting Henwin. If we didn't have uh, Carbuncle to take away hate, it wouldn't be bad if I was using Collaborator. I mean, it's not the same, but if we yeah. did have a Scholar to complement that, because I had previously said in the Mythic episode, because I edited it today, and I also want to say, sorry, Eric's, I talked over you way too much in that video, as I do. <laughs> as you do. Um, it is nice that I said that scholars, um, you know, plus or minus Emity to Animus, you know, Minuno, whatever the hell it is, Minuto, Minuno, minus, you know, whatever in Latin is minus and plus, Lego, whatever it is, Lego my Lego. Uh, it's those are nice, but they never change the tide of battle. That's why we had to take the summoner to that in the same situation. But if you have that with a thief, who's also in the situation of being attack starved, using that planting hate, I mean you can't plant hate on the automaton in this case. But if it was a different player, not that you'd want to get in front, but you could always disengage, get in front to do trick attack weapon skill, and then move away afterwards. Uh, just having that would complement scholar's ability to adjust enmity slightly. In a way that you know you're you know summoner is very nice in this case the way we set it up. But if you didn't have one, or you were fighting a different fight, or wanted more DPS than summoner is going to provide through just buffs in this situation, then I think thief can actually fill that role offensively. And then if it has to, it has good evasion to fall back on. And there's a white that happens. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Hemlin's tier one right that thief could throw enough evasion on that it could at least tier two. Mm. Yeah. That it, I mean, I don't know if it could evade that uh, without buffs. It probably can. Yeah. With, you, well, you'd have to buff it. Yeah. Yeah. With mambos, I'm not. I don't doubt that. But with just with pure gear, I'm talking gandering. You know, seep. You know, with you know, the hundred plus evasion. I'm talking everything you can throw at it. I'm not, well, we've never tried. Like I know. The, when we had like a ninja go in there, it's because I needed a job for Norcris, but Norcris isn't exactly like already set up to do like evasion stuff on either. Right. He's he's just an up and coming ninja who can do weapon skills really well. And Henwin's a poor example because of his counter, but yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, we haven't really dabbled in the evasion part. Like, that, that is actually really interesting because nobody wants to get hit by Henwin. Yes. Like, unless you're a paladin and you're doing, like, the 100% block thing, like, Henwin even, like, it's dangerous to rune fencers, too. It's it's dangerous to, to crappy puppet masters like myself. <laughs> you know, you need, like, an actual puppet master or a paladin to tank that. And I think having, like, an evasion setup being a better option uh, might be really helpful to some groups if like because you you can you can like throw a rock out into azura and you can probably hit a fucking thief so if uh, the thieves <laughs> end up with like more ideas yeah like like if, if if a thief actually wants to put some work into their sets and like have more ideas outside of you know just wearing a regular dt set or maybe hybridizing it with some evasion and stuff like you could have a really valuable thing to work with on something like henwin uh, the only thing that I, I see being an issue is not having good blunt damage. Like, I guess you could yeah, use a club and you could do, like, true strike at least. But that's, I don't know how medium that really Henwin's is. Henwin's a poor example, but... Yeah. It's just, I was taking Hen as an example. Though. I was taking that as an example and applying the concept to that 
win something that's understood despite not having the blunt damage. I mean, Thief can work club. I mean, I don't know how well True Strike would do, but... Yeah, it's it's only okay most of the time. But uh, the cool thing about True Strike is it's a critical weapon skill that guarantees a critical. So Thief gets a lot of stuff that stacks with that and, the and does more damage. Yeah, they do uh, more... They get a lot of gear that's focused on on critical bonuses, like to damage itself, and they have traits that, that bonus the damage and all that. So... I wouldn't be surprised if their true strikes are going to be better than most of the off-brand true strikes that you can get. Because, I mean, like, Ninja doing true, true strike is kind of medium. Uh, Beastmaster doing it is medium. You know, that's... Sort of, I it definitely do better than Beastmaster. Although Beastmaster does yeah. bring the slug to the table. The only problem is that counter. You cannot... On Thief, you will die, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. It's awful. But I do like the idea of having another person bring, like, hate control to the table. I know the counter is a huge problem, and I know it would still kill you, but there's an act, act, check. There's an act check to counter. Yeah. So it, the floor, unfortunately, will still kill you in this case, but if it wasn't like a counter stance with a ridiculous counter rate, then ordinarily a monk mob without that counter boost, now you can dispel it, right? Yes, you can. So it's not a real possibility that if you controlled TP feed, uh, auspice, and what have you, that it's possible that you definitely could, you know, turn for a second and not worry about the the counter, and you could yeah. probably do it that way. It's a monk mob, so it's always going to have like a base counter rate, but Zealous Snort gives like the additional. Oh, yeah, Zealous Snort takes it through the heart. fucking roof. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's gross. That's that's spanking the monkey right there. And it also gives it a way better haste buff than you get from it, because I remember dispelling it with a Tomos and being real sad afterwards. Because like I erased all of our haste gizz and <laughs> we end up with like this garbage haste that lasted like a minute. Yeah. Yeah, he gets a way better version of it than we do. But also, this goes back into our, uh, this is how we theorize what we do in the game. This is how you have fun in the game. You know, it's looking at it, simple things that you've done before with these perspectives of, you know, you don't have to, even if you lost a hen when, when you always kill him, does it matter? Because you're still getting your points. If it's a three times farm, does it really matter? No, I mean, as long as you get all your points and stuff, the silver lining is, is that it's not really going to affect your farm a whole ton. Yeah. But... There comes a point where you probably should still be trying to win, though. Oh, no, it's because... not like you're trying to lose, but being willing to try things on... It's not like we're messing around at Tier 3. Going, oh, I see what, what you're saying. What if the Thief tanked, you know, uh, you know, uh, the Engai yeah. the or something with a club? You know, we're not we're not going to that extent, but... Yeah, fuck it. If you can find a, a better way to, to do something, then, then just do it. And if there's or just no different. risk... Yeah, well, I mean, if, if there's no risk to doing it, though, just, just experiment. It's whatever. Because I had said previously that I really enjoy... I don't like taking Thief to Odyssey with the AoE spam alone. Like, if I had someone supporting me, that's fine. The trusts are a problem. It's annoying. I think nothing beats Blue. The extra time it takes me to go in there, because by the time you get to the the Pixies, the Ladybugs, the the Porksies, oh. Alone Edge does jack shit. And then that's when your run starts taking a lot more time. And it feels less safe to me than Blue Mage, which just in two nukes kills them. You know, you can still, there's still risk involved there. And if you die and don't get up, that, I mean, that eliminately, that immediately eliminates all the benefit of getting a little extra TH. And I have TH4 on blues. And I think that really, sure, I can get maybe. It's usually enough. Yeah, sure, maybe I can get 15 or 16. But there's a lot of times I'm just getting about, you know, sometimes 9, sometimes 10 or 11 or 12 on Thief. Just because I'm averaging two or three higher maybe per run doesn't mean that going in with the extra risk and it, it, it feels like a slog to a low and edge everything there without buffs like if it was something different and was support and everything it would it would be a big difference but i've I've gone in there with full five out of five Naomi b and, and gandering and 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 you know 
that alone should be enough to say I went in there. And it was and it was all right. You know, it was it was all right. I used to Aeolian Edge farm the that zone on for Detritus on Dancer and Ninja uh, back when I was getting cards for them too. So it was like a double double up thing. And like, yeah, Ninja has a really, really strong Aeolian Edge. Like you can you can basically like one shot the mobs. It's pretty crazy. But like Dancer doesn't get as high an Aeolian Edge, at least not in my case. And Thief does um, Yeah, it's about uh, having magic damage on your weapons plus like extra magic damage traits and uh, not traits, but magic damage oriented gear and stuff. Like Ninja just gets a shit done. But even so, um, it never really seemed worth it going in there on TH4 and like still risking that on those jobs. And going in on Blue Mage was always a whole lot easier for me too. Just just doing that on TH4 even, and not even comparing it to Thief. Um, it was just more hardy. There's more things that you could do about it if you ran into a problem. Um, if your trust decided to derp on you and and not cure you at all, like that, that sort of shit happens, right? And uh, you know, it just it just feels like you can do more because it's one of those all rounder jobs, you know. Even even ninja, which is usually my go to when it comes to like low low manning or soloing something, like I almost always jump on ninja first. Uh, there's just no reason to in that situation because if you have that many targets hitting you, like blue mage is just going to more effectively deal with it than any of those other jobs will by a whole. Unless you need cards, if you need cards and you want to farm Detroit, definitely go ahead and do oh, it. Yeah. You know, that's that's obviously that's why a lot of people would do it, and that's another reason to find ways to do it. But yeah, I mean, Blue Mage can get enough evasion to evade everything. Maybe not capping on the NMs completely in malignants and base evasion gear, but you're capping on the fodder, and that's the important part. And you're definitely high on the uh, the NMs in there. Yeah, I've been rolling in on uh, samurai and getting cards and stuff, uh, just solo and farming detritus. And I've been sonic thrusting everything. And by comparison, I wish I had Aeolian Edge on this job. Because just doing everything in a straight line while also not being able to do like jack shit about things going wrong just feels so terrible. That's why I hate playing VDs. But don't it you just have... Fe- it just feels like there's like no options. Don't you have Savage Blade? Uh, not on Samurai. <laughs> yeah, know. Sam doesn't get them. I know. So historically it didn't, and it was always kind of funny. Because Sam got historically the skill at 75 that just didn't get access to Savage Blade. <laughs> Womp. And as far as, yeah, when you say there's a lack of options, that's what's also fun is if I go on Samurai, yeah, I have Sieg and Third Eye. Maybe I have the Mythic if I'm trying to be a, a super, super duper champ there and, and get a little more out of my counter build or something. But you really don't have options there. Like on Dragoon, if you were sub-mage for some reason and didn't have trust, yeah, you could have your Wyvern Care. That's a great option. Or you have Once Every Minute, which has been super crucial sometimes in Odyssey fights where I've either helped out or saved someone. That's you know, in Ambuscade especially, yeah, yeah. that's super cool for Dragoon. But on Dark Knight, what are you going to do? You're going to stun? Maybe, maybe you, you're not going to sleep well, in an You're not, you know. Dark Knight's a little different because that that's all going to depend on. It's, that, that's going to exactly boil down to what you're fighting. Because like, it, usually if something can be drain three. Um, you can catastrophe through almost yeah. any problem. So that's just for you though. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to do anything for a group. That's that's definitely for sure. Because on... like, the best you can do is try to crowd control using like a great axe and doing folk leave, but that's about the best you can do. It. So you know, on thief collaborator is nice. I wish it had a separate timer from accomplice. I really think it should because like jump timers are split out. There's no reason they shouldn't split those two out. It's really not broken, especially for how limited thief's utility is. Uh, if things go super we... bad, using accomplice on someone that I have to. Uh, and then perfect dodging or anything like that. That's you know that that's that's something I can do. And Eric's had said in our prior episode outside of pup, 
which has options. Um, I'm not going to evaluate the options here in, in a vacuum or anything, but <laughs> it has options. It's fun. You know, Eric's has said outside of pup that blue is the most satisfying job to play, which I absolutely agree with that sentiment. And I think you've seen as well, just having, yeah, I've been very satisfied. With oh blue. yeah. Having those options is just, it, it allows you to approach the game confidently and you don't want to have to be the guy. You just, you can, you can be the glue. The glue is more important than, than daddy's love. Honestly, even if you really want to be the guy, um, the gear that we have access to now on a job that can use Savage Blade very effectively and make up the accuracy to use a TP bonus offhand, uh, honestly, you could probably still be the guy on Blue Mage a lot of the time. And we've seen too, and honestly, yeah. without having a sub job, oh, Blue definitely brings those you know tools that typically are taken for granted, like having a sub job to provide you haste or something. You know, it yeah, brings cap. Uh, the dual wield, not having it on Bard or, or you know other jobs. That you to do it with like Beastmaster or something, uh, just having that and bringing it out to bear is is uh, very satisfying. Yeah, for sure. Still being able to provide damage while uh, supporting a party, like those are the sort of things I'm looking for when I go to build a strat or build a build something for a group. It's like, hey, do my people have, you know, the the ability to run multiple roles at the same time? Uh, they don't even have to be like full of supports or anything like that, but like. Uh, Blue Mage is one of those jobs that's on my radar most of the time for how to incorporate into a group. Um, Beastmaster for for the same sorts of reasons is as well. Um, just basically jobs that can do more than one thing in a party, which is something I've said on before. Like those are the number one things I go to when I build a strat. So, you know, uh, I it felt really good lately. Yeah, I, I also like too that tonight we had no topic and we just kind of, sometimes I think a topic can get in the way of just pure unadulterated discussion, and we didn't have anything ahead of time we didn't pull anything out but i really enjoy this reminds me of like the first time when we got together and talked hey you want to do a podcast and we just kind of just start going with this in our pre-shows we do this too but we're doing it you know carrot goes what are you doing tonight i go i don't know we're just gonna turn the pre-show into the show and this is this is the kind of stuff we do in the pre-show it is the show so it it feels good to be in this rhythm with you oh yeah for sure man and uh, honestly all i really bring to the table and stuff like this is just critiques that i have towards things that i've seen like i, I mean i comment Empyrean. on people yeah with the with this weird like thing about doing empyreans you know what i do when i run into that problem on an empyrean i just don't fucking make the empyrean weapon because i'm yeah. not having fun doing it like i i have a coward that's sitting at level 80 and i have a farsha that's sitting at level 85 for that exact reason the metal just kind of sucks I mean, it does, but like, I don't feel like going out and farming Alfred because every time I go out there, there's someone out there. And rather than bitching and moaning about it, I'll just go do something else that's more productive and maybe check on it later, you know? That was pretty bad, too, when I was doing... I've only made two Empyreans ever. Did I ever make... Uh, Yeah, I've made... What's my other Empyrean? So I have Twashtar was my second and my... Almas. Yes, Almas, that's right. Before um, after you know, before Twashtar, I'd only ever made Almas, and that's for obvious reasons. And thank you for telling me what I have. <laughs> Well, I remember it came up that uh, we were comparing it for Odyssey segment farms. So you know, Almace feels really satisfying to me in Odyssey at R15, and I'm in R11 right now. What I'm now that I've capped out my Detritus for Vajra, I'm going to go finish R15 Almace immediately because outside of people who are shouting for R15 DD etc. for Odyssey, outside of them telling me no, I don't want your Blue Mage, I want a real DD. <laughs> which is fucking hysterical because I can put out I can put out more output with a group that knows how to do more than stick their Got head a lot up. of Sam's. Yeah, by like, 
when I can take three families at a time and cruel joke them and stand there and kill three families by myself while the entire party can then leave and kill a fourth family, you can't tell or, me... Or even fight an NM on top of you doing that. Yes, yes, fight an NM on top. Even You can't tell yeah. me that Blue is not the DD you want in your group and that it's not going to... What, because you, you can't just sit there and mindlessly chase Daddy's love and pretend that you have the most elite performance? Well, you, in... get all, you get all these shake-and-bake shitbags that roll in. Bisquick. jobs look bad, yeah. A shake-and-bake shitbag, that is... Yeah. That is a new one. I, I really appreciate that. That is that is some quality, you know, phrasing. There. I figured you would. A shake and bake ship bag. I've heard of douche canoe from Surge once for the first time. I thought douche <laughs> canoe was novel, but a shake and bake ship bag, that is you can use that in any form of mannerism ways. That is that is something. I am right. I am taken aback there, sir. I, I my hat is off to you, even though I do not wear one. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you, you, you end up with a lot of people who just, like, make these jobs look bad. Like, I run into it a lot, especially when I'm, like... Like the guy making this Imperium. People. Yeah, like, it, it's not that the group is new. It's that the group doesn't take an approach to things as though they're new. It's, it's, it's all these people who skip all these steps and make these jobs look bad. And then because the job isn't, like, what the meta is talking about when it comes to jobs, the job already is starting out at a deficit and needs to shine even brighter or have someone with an open mind willing to take you in to do it, even though it's a perfectly fine job to get the job done. And, yeah, the, the value of the job also is that, that people look at it in a vacuum. Um, I don't want to pick on Simon Says, although I want to pick on Simon Says why I'm bringing him up, but when people take that approach to it, which is the way most people seem to want their information. It's kind of like a fortune cookie. They, everyone wants to open up their fortune cookie and find out the answer here. And it's always when you open that fortune cookie, it's a bunch of bullshit inside. Someone typed and they stuck in a in a <laughs> subpar crappy cracker. Sometimes it's not even a fortune. Yeah, sometimes it's just like good things come to those who wait. Oh yeah, yeah, jerk me off some more, thanks. But you are a kind and compassionate person. Kindness is the way. Just, just like something that wouldn't even make on a Snapple cap. It's Snapple cap rejects sold off to some third party that just yeah. puts them on paper and shoves them in a cookie wastefully that people just throw away because they don't even open them when they get takeout. But yeah, when you evaluate the game in that lens of takeout trash, <laughs> you get this, you know, sure, you may get a lot of points, more points than you would have gotten any other way than in a group, but if you just didn't close yourself off to these superior things, and you were good enough. That's right, I'm putting myself in a state of arrogance. If you were good enough to actually have the ability to do this instead of just, you know, cavemanning the keyboard, then there's no reason you couldn't take uh, Blue Mage. Because I even did a forum with Thief, with Melfina, and their Thief was right there a few percentage points, maybe four. At, at worst, let's say they're 5% behind the Savage Blade Warrior running around. Sure, it's a savage blade. To me. Yeah, sure, it's a savage blade warrior. But this thief is bringing without having any Naomi R twenty, you know, anything like that they're bringing savage blade with a nagling. They're bringing daggers and they're bringing support and just when the NM pops, a thief with trick attack or sneak attack uh, is not only nicer for not seeing someone. It gives you control because when the tank loses hate from the one hour, and we've seen. People die to Hunter Fist really, really, really quick if they're and not prepared. It baffles me how many people still don't realize that that's why the tank loses hate and that they need Correct. to watch for that shit. Correct. The thief there can not only close a skill chain and kill it immediately in either light or dark, but just those kinds of things. Like evaluating a job like that in that lens is really interesting because that thief was played by someone that did it really well. And if you apply that job that you wouldn't typically take 
you're not going to get a noticeable deficit of points um, by taking that job if it's properly geared out in that way and knows what to do and you and you structure the run around it. If you just take any job and throw it in your pickup run and it's like, okay, fill slot, do same role. Yeah, it's not going to have the same result. So it's important to actually think about how you're applying techniques and jobs and abilities to content. Because if you spawn, let's say the Fafnir on any floor, and you have a blue do expiation to open up darkness and an R15 Corsair to close darkness, that's better than... It just dies. Yeah, that's better than getting an absolute terror tank that's stuck there for over a minute or maybe 30 or 40 seconds. It's better than having someone die. We've seen people die to breath because they were in the background not paying attention on a mage job, you know? Yeah, yeah, rolling about. Yeah, just rolling about, you know, running, to do, running in to do buffs or something, and, you know, they just got breathed on with the Ricola there. But, you know, that's important. It's just, it it also feels satisfying when you work in a, you know, as a unit in a cohesive manner. But just applying things in that technique instead of just, oh, throw Shining One Samurai at, uh, at the Fafnir NM until it dies in there. And it's like, oh, hopefully no one gets terrorized and we stand here wasting time, you know? Yeah, it's... it's that no one uses their brain at all and i honestly think that that's the that's the biggest problem it's too much work when you're forming a pickup group to use your brain well you would think that that would be the biggest situation to use your brain because you have to work with random values incoming like you you don't have a consistent basis that that you can make anything work off of so honestly like the pickup group is the number one time to use your brain it doesn't take me much to use my brain when I copy and paste into our group chat that we're going to do an Odyssey farm and that we should do things that can be doomed, you know? Keyword like, there, copy and paste. Yeah, I'm just copy pasting. Like, when we're rolling in, we do the exact same fucking thing every single day because I don't like to change things unless it's broken. Um, we had changed our runs in different ways over time, and then we settled into well, something that was comfortable. That was that was also to test things too. Like you see an idea, like or you place. get an idea. Yeah, and, and and that's that's where we were talking about before about not being afraid to try to implement these things. Because worst case scenario, you lose a single run, but you gain information that will last forever. Or you know you you may lose to a boss, but again you gain information that lasts forever, and you may still retain some points afterwards and or your multiplicative bonus. Like it, don't be afraid to fail. It, it's fine, and you can end up with like much better, more refined strats afterwards. The problem, yeah. sorry, I figured if anything else to add there, you can finish them. I'll go off with the problem. No, that's it. Being, the problem with being afraid to fail, I'm too dynamic. I'm just jumping in because my mind goes everywhere. The problem with being afraid to fail is not, you know, the act of failing. The people who are afraid to fail are the ones who are, you know, bisquicking and cookie cuttering and just copy pasting something. Those people who are afraid to fail because if they run in there and lose to uh, embose or something, with their setup that they've taken from someone else and they haven't really evaluated why that setup does what it does or how it applies to their group. And they, you know, in any manner of ways gotten to where they are, the people who are afraid to fail and can't handle that and are avoiding that by trying to buy the best, everything they can to circumvent all their problems because they don't have the prowess or the talent to approach things like an average person would, where if you took away their ability to use their credit card, they would just melt into the background of people begging other people to carry them as these people kind of do, um, is that when they fail, they don't have an alternative. My group failed. Uh, I don't know how to adjust this. I don't really know what went wrong. We didn't have enough DPS. TP move killed us. Um, how do I change this? What, what what would mitigate this? I don't know. Um, what does everyone else tell me to do? I guess I got to kick this R13 mass immune for an R15 mass oh, yeah. issue. The samurai sucks. I've seen it where a group fails for different reasons, and they go, and there'll be an underperforming DD who wasn't 
the blame there, but that DD because they were underperforming versus what is expected or versus other people, what they would do. They go, oh, this, this fucking XYZ DD sucks, and they kick them and get someone else, and they don't do too much better. So you know, I've seen that. For let's let's, let's put this situation out. Let's say you're an Odyssey static farm, right? And that that let's say this is this say is what happened to that DD, right? So let, let's say, well, not a static farm, but just an Odyssey segment farm is what I meant. So let's say that DD is like doing perfectly fine on the parts, they're just blowing things away, and then the group decides that they want to go kill imps, right? And for whatever reason, um, the bard is over there also meleeing, right? And they're doing their weapon skills and stuff. And they happen to Savage Blade and Imp. They don't kill the Imp. And let's say the Imp does um, Abrasive Tentara. And for whatever reason, that DD gets a full um, a full land of that Enfeeble on them. All of a sudden, they're Enfeebled for like upwards of a minute. And they're losing all of this DPS that everyone else has. So all of a sudden, they look like they're terrible on the DPS meter, even though it had nothing to do with them, because there's always a chance that you can get Enfeebled. Like, no one is cool enough to resist it 100% of the time. And wasn't even their fault. They were doing perfectly fine. But at the end of the day, uh, they could get blamed for whatever XYZ reason um, th that someone wants to come up with just because they're the lowest ones on the parse. Like, uh, like just monitoring the parse is about the stupidest thing you could, pretend, you could possibly do when, when trying to evaluate how good your DDs are. Oh. Like, it has nothing to do with the parse, honestly. Unless, unless you can see a, a recurring established trend of this person just fucking. Yeah, and I'll say too, as far as parses go, divergence when people parse that, unless you're just only parsing, <laughs> yeah, unless you're only parsing the wave three boss, which even that isn't that fair because ads pop out and someone will always get back in the boss first before everyone else does. Unless, and there's also the overkill damage, but that's not necessarily... The DD can pull hate when the boss spawns yeah. those and then all those mobs just insta-kill the DD. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that yeah, happens. Yeah, shit happens. Yeah. Um, outside of maybe the wave three boss, because uh, overkill wasn't a big problem there for a lot of them. And it also has an extinct, a distinct advantage there. But outside of that, when you're in divergence, it's the worst thing ever to parse, and people do, of course. But I'll say what I've gone lately to our group. Um, it's, it's not our group. It's your link shell. I'm kind of in it. This, you know, Sorry, my link shell. With, we, it's not, well, I mean, it's more your link shell. I don't know. It's a group I consult. Yes, you're a consultant here. You're uh, you're Foxwater Consulting, and so. I will purposely not go balls to the wall trying to fight everything. I'll try and do my own thing in there to keep it stable, but there were times when just I fell back to watching what's going on and maybe claiming a statue or trying, you know, and not fighting to try and observe what's going on and stay proactive because everyone else is mashing their keys to kill as fast as possible. I kind of want to look out for things, uh, links, pulls I can do to speed the run up, you know, stuff like that. I'm looking out for that instead yeah. of you know, actually actively fighting because it's more of a net benefit to do that. So parsing is not always, you know, you have to, there's no context in parsing unless it's some fights straight up ambuscade or something, you know, the parsing can be perfectly valid to see your performance, but just in a group setting, especially for a two hour event or a 30 minute farm, that's not, that's not really with variable idle times and stuff like that. Yeah. You can look for accuracy. You can look for weapon skill averages, which even then is not accurate because if there's not a lot of HP left, your weapon skill might, do less than it really is doing you know you know but you can look out for certain things uh overall trends through multiple runs uh stuff like that but people put way too much focus on daddy's love as we say yeah yeah like winning it doesn't matter winning the content and and honestly like if you're like a strong enough dd like you can both dd and still look out for other responsibilities that can fall under your your net you know Correct. um 
it just it just depends on on where you're at and and those are the kinds of uh of EVs that, that i want like when i go to build a group or something because i i just want people who are aware of the content that they are fighting and not just aware of whatever their macro key is that that does a weapon skill because you see that way too much so we have to break here for a message from our sponsors oh <laughs> From Bastok, we have a personal request from a humble Galkin Beastmaster named Subdo. Please stop taking the clocks from my crab. I spend all day in the Zerum mines collecting zinc ore. I often forget what time it is when I'm <laughs> when I'm out cooking my Galkin sausage. So I installed a high quality clock, uh, bought from Maline in good old Bernie, so I would not late for work. So please stop stealing my clocks. That's good. That is that's a. <laughs> that's, that's quite the advertisement. Yes, that is our ad today from Cavill. Thank you, Cavill. Who also, let's do an OnlyPans moment here. Asked today, he asked me how I make my balsamic reduction. And it's like, put it on a flame and wait. But no, you can add some, yeah. brown, some brown sugar there. How do you reduce something? Well, you add heat. You add heat and wait and stir. Um, yeah. Low heat. But, you know, you can add some brown sugar there. And, you know, it, it depends on what you're doing. If you're putting on ice cream or something, as he had done before, some brown sugar would improve the result. So, you know, I had balsamic today, actually. I got a sourdough baguette, and I had some brie that I had let re-bloom over, so it's not moldy. The white bloom is the rind <laughs> expanding to the whole thing. It adds a nice earthy flavor to it. Don't throw out your brie that's sitting there past the no. sell-by date, because it's got white. If it's green mold, get rid of it. But if it's white bloom all over, that's the rind expanding and re-blooming. That's very delicious. Uh, I put that on, and I also had, when that was gone, because there's only a little bit of brie left, and it's a whole baguette. So I had a little bit of mascarpone with uh, balsamic reduction, which was delicious. So, yes, what the food in full effect here. I saw today that Zahn had also posted his beef stir-fry, and I had to make something within like 20 minutes before the podcast, so I made a basic pasta dish with, you know, tomatoes and lemon butter sage sauce. Gotcha. That kind of, you know. Anyway, so applying what we said before about not being afraid to fail, et cetera, et cetera, and understanding your job and how you apply to it and uh, not needing to do X, Y, Z. Let's take that and then apply it to Ambuscade this month because... Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's the frog right now. Yeah, yeah like I, I want to see more people do it with more crazy strats. Like, honestly, yes. the sky's the limit, this Ambuscade. Go have fun with it, guys. Don't watch Puppet Masters win. Although it's still cool to, to like do that on Pup, right? Yes. So like, feel free to go in there and just try to kill it any way you can. I'm going to do it for my weekly when I'm done one time for VD with Seal and get another Seal. But otherwise, you know, I wouldn't yeah. do it over and over again like that. Yeah, I thought I, I thought that because last time it came around, like we would have to like do our thing where we super buff the monk. I think you were there for that run too. Where we super, Maybe. You might have been. Like we super buffed Hayden and had Hayden kill it or whatever. Um, but I thought we would need to do that again uh, because that's how we handled it last time Ambuscade came around. And then this time it came around, like people are like chilling it with Puppet Master and, and everything. And honestly... I, I firmly believe that like most jobs can probably go in and solo this on VD. I don't know. What did you What did you have with the the whole? Uh, well, I mean, I, I like that everyone's using Puppet Master. I, I'm very upset that when I finally was ready to buy my SU five for Pup, that I had to spend fifteen extra million gil because oh, every is this the flavor of the month. Every dickhead and their mother was just you know. I and now it's already down to the five mil back to sixty. So it's like you know I. I haven't I don't even have any RP on it yet. I was thinking I had to get it for that ambus uh, that run that night, and I just 
I actually am not mastered on pups, so I couldn't bring it. My pup is like 2,050 out of 2,100, so I could not. Dude, just go get that. I, it's not worth the extra you're, effort. You're a monk with a friend. Wait, I, I have friends? Yeah, yeah, it's a robot. Yeah, oh, sorry. Friend, I, so... and I, I thought you were suggesting yourself for a second. Uh, my mistake. How, how dare I? Well, yeah, you don't even need me for this shit. It's 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 like your last one fifty, man. Like just yeah, go get that. It's my last fifty. It's not even. But no, uh, I oh, yeah. I hadn't capped the necklace anyway, so I'm like, why split points between the necklace and that? I'll just do that. But I, I jumped the gun and bought it for an extra fifteen mil. And but you know, it's dumb that everyone and they're posting even in that link show that we talked about where the guy, oh, we're gonna buy my Imperium, I can't buy it. This is bullshit. I have to farm. <laughs> um, people are all everywhere just posting. Um, can I do ambuscade with 200 JP pup? What attachment should I use? What should I buy? Uh, just every possible asinine puppet. This is not how we wanted puppet master to be people. Eric's and I, when we wanted pup to be more of a thing, did not want this. This is, this is not what we asked for. This is, this and is, the, it, things have got sad, if you know what I mean. And the people trying to get by on like 200, that's just because they like saw pup was a thing and they know that they have the job unlocked at 99. And that's probably just how much JP they had. And what's funny is we had someone in our Discord who went as 200 JP Puppet um, and actually sold it on VD without all the special stuff, nice. and they managed to do it. I don't know if that was Graham or Soul Saphir, whatever their name. I, I don't want to look for it. It's somewhere buried because we talk a lot in our Discord anymore. But someone had gone and done that recently, and I was like, oh, wow, cool. But that shows how easy this is because... People are posting, the, of course, it's Japanese players making interesting videos of skill chaining and killing the frog immediately. But also, Fox, you went out there, you said, yeah. before the show, you said it yesterday, which is why I brought it up pre-show. For We had like five minutes of pre-show today. I brought it up and, and asked about your, your monk going in there solo on VD and just destroying the thing faster than even a puppet master does. And your monk is not very special, but... No, it's not. I just wasn't talking about how, uh, how I don't even have like an R15 weapon on it or anything. Yeah. Um... Went in there, just summoned up three white mages and two red mages, and just had them heal me through everything. It, it, it's it's about approaching the content intelligently and like knowing how like AIs in this game kind of respond to stuff. So we know the frog has chain spell, and we know that we don't want it to use TP moves, and we also know that above fifty percent, it, uh, it requires an incredible amount of TP. Usually, it's somewhere in the ballpark of like three K or so uh, for a mob to even use a TP move to begin with. So it'll actually hold TP a lot of the time until lower percentages where it starts firing it off at, at 1k. So what your mission is, is to just do as much damage as you can to drop it down to 50% before it gets that much TP, which isn't even a tall order. I think most jobs can do that. And then from there, it'll do chain spell, and then your only mission is to survive chain spell and kill it before chain spell wears off, which is definitely possible. It's a, it's a low HP mob. And has a low act check. I think act caps out at like twelve fifty. So I think most jobs can even just oh yeah, it's meat. super low. Yeah, most jobs can eat meat, and you can do even more for your attack bonus that you're not getting from uh, corsairs, bards, and geos and blue mages even. Uh, because if you bring those, it'll use quenching hammer in your day. So yeah, just go into trust, survive chain or survive chain spell, and have a plan on how you're going to solve so the chain. That's all you got. When do. you go in, you know so. Quenching Hammer, for those who don't know, is triggered by uh, having, you know, Bard Songs, Core Rolls, or being having a Blue Mage in the party. Things like that. It's listed on the wiki. Go go check BG. But uh, when you say go in with Trust, make sure you're not, like, using Coltada and stuff, because Quenching Hammer, yeah, you don't want, you know. Also, Ignis is considered a Geomancer, and so is yes, Mombro. Yes. Mombro is, too. He's a Geo Sub Paladin? He's considered a Geo, yeah. 
No, it, I don't, it wouldn't I, be well, considered Jia. He would have to be a Jia. I don't know what job he is between... It makes the most sense for him to be a Geo between Geo Bard, um, Blue Mage, and uh, Corsair. But he's considered one of those because my first run, uh, I went in there and it did Quenching Hammer because I was using Monbro. Um, and then I stopped using Monbro and I used like Karua Barua, which in my screenshot isn't even there anymore because he super died. <laughs> um, but uh, the other the other four trusts survived, um, but Karua Barua died. And that's because I, I had to substitute that for Monbro because Monbro was causing uh, Quenching Hammer. So I actually got hit with a TP move at the end of it um, on, uh, on the first attempt. I, I died at like, I think, like 17% or something. Um, That's then I weird. went back in there and because, but I, but I also didn't self skill chain because the moves only used, uh, according to BJ, I pulled up here, which I had put this myself because I had researched JP wiki. This fight for, I'll, I'll get into it in a second. I'll just, I'll, I'll tackle this point first. It says I have here, the move is only used, uh, if either rune paladin, dark knight or blue are in the party, or if the player has songs, rolls or geomancy bubbles on, but I don't think anything, unless it's coded, I don't even see how it'd be coded that way because the thing I can think he's giving you is that stat buff on Mombro gives that stat buff, but unless that's coded as like Geomancy or something, maybe I don't know. Maybe having summoner buffs as well. Maybe it's kind of like Fenrir summoner buff. Maybe summoner buffs as well would trigger that. Uh, but I think summoner is okay though. Yeah, because uh, I, I would have listed summoner because, um, for example, of why this stuff works nowadays, you just take Monk in there and rape him. Because you know, chi blast inhibit TP and subtle blow on monk mm -hmm. and stuff like that, which is what contributes to monk being good there. You don't need a special monk, as Fox said, but you'd want to have a pretty well geared monk for VD. Otherwise, you could do D certainly without much effort with a with a if modern you, monk now. But if this... you don't use God hands, you can probably get away with not having to use hundred fists. But I had to use hundred fists because I went with God hands, and God hands are a freaking mighty powerful howling fist weapon there. So yeah, and howling fist is used twice in the skill chain you need. So. The Pirogo was one of the first ambuscades. It came out in October 2016. So this is a fight that is essentially exactly five years old. So you can imagine in five years that the power creep has gotten to a point that, you know, you can do this. So everyone who's focusing on Pup, Pup couldn't do this in 2016. When it first came out in 2016 for some nostalgia history here, what was done was it was super exciting at the time, and it was nifty, and it was the easiest freaking ambuscade ever. And Essie, this is the last thing I remember Essie directly getting angry at and nerfing I've talked about before, is this. You would go in with Blue Mage sub Black Mage, Elemental Seal Subduction, and the tank would get hate with, like, you know, uh, One for All, all these other different things it can do, oh. and run away. So it's out of range of Quenching Hammer. People figure that out very quickly. That's funny. And since... Uh, subduction is like minus 74% movement speed. I think at the time, Red Mage in a, wasn't in a great spot in 2016, for sure. No. Uh, but a super geared Red Mage could do a enfeebling potency uh, gravity of like maybe up to 80% minus. So if you could find a Red Mage, you could have done it. But since you couldn't find that, everyone was using Blue Mage. But everyone just went in there with full balls to the wall DD and just ran away with the mob chasing it with gravity. And Elemental Seal of Subduction got you that super, super gravity that was stronger than anything else besides a powerful gear plus red mage. And uh, SE got so mad that gravity is was made next time it came out in November 2017, says in the, the Amiskin history here on BG in the archive page. It, it, they, that's when they reintroduced it uh, 13 months later as completely immune to gravity. 
And that's when people started having some trouble at the time is when these things came out with Pup and Summoner. But at 2016, Pup would have struggled too. Yeah, I can imagine. No R15, I mean, no plus three divergence, then no, you know, or, you know, SU5. Here's here's the thing. Like, the mob doesn't have any teeth. Like, there, there's no real danger to fighting this thing as long as you don't piss it off with the hammer, right? The, the nukes are like, pretty strong, but... Oh, not, not really. Like, they, they were nuking me on Monk in my subtle blow set, which is not even full DT, um, for like 600 a pop. Well, chain spell, right? Yeah. That's why you did yeah, three even, white mages. Even during, even during, yeah, that's exactly why I did it. And then the red mages I summoned, one of them was King of Hearts. So King of Hearts was also prioritizing cures. Link gives DS3. Koru Moru so. doesn't know what's happening at any given time. So Koru yeah. is just kind of there to refresh somebody else. But Koru yeah. is a very confusingly disappointing trust whose AI needs yeah. a little work. A lot of work. <laughs> it prioritizes some really whack things. But, uh, like King's not disappointing as long as you don't have to support like multiple people. Like is then King's really disappointing. But since I was in there solo, no harm in using King as long as Koru's there to support the rest of the white mages. But yeah, like even during chain spell, um, I think I had to chakra one time. Um, well, obviously that's all the time you get with chakra because if it's recast. But I wasn't in any real danger at any point, and they were hitting me for a pretty consistent five to six hundred damage. It's just with enough incoming healing sources, you're fine. And I think most jobs in the game have enough DT now where if they want a full turtle, they'll take less. And with the act check being only like 1250, I really don't see why we can't just have groups go in with just, I hate to say this party setup because I absolutely fucking hate it, but like a white mage in five DDs and just absolutely crush this thing. Yeah, you probably could. Yeah, it's not, it's not challenging, but I see so many people hiding behind just watching a pup solo it. And I mean, kudos to the pup. Like if the pup wants to solo VD and get that notch in their belt, they should. It, it's 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 fun for you to play the job you like and do something cool like that, especially when it's a niche month to do it. But watching like droves of people who play only DD and can't fit into parties because they're only DD getting carried by a puppet master is the saddest fucking thing I've ever seen because they can actually go out and just kill this guy. This month, man, people are yelling, can I have it free VD kills on their mules yeah, and shit? It is absolute. People are asking for charity on their mules so they can sell all these uh, Alexandra and everything they can get from their fucking mule. It is absolute, just disgusting trash right now of pathetic yeah. people. It is it is sad. I wonder I if mean, I can go I mean, in. They can just get their mule to like 99 and it, just go get the It's console. so sad I can't go in on blue and solo it because of Quenching Hammer. It's actually a real blow to my to my, you know, Self-esteem, but I want. Yeah, I was gonna say, I wonder if I can go on Dragoon and just absolutely destroy Matrushula. Probably, probably. It takes a lot of skill chain damage. So, um, for any job, um, especially like when it comes to monk and stuff, um, if you can prioritize wearing the skill chain skill chain damage bonus from Naomi, even if you don't necessarily need it for your weapon skill, your weapon skills in this fight because you're not as buff won't do as much damage, but it still takes a shit ton of skill chain damage. So the most buff that you're getting is by closing skill chains while wearing gear sets like Naomi or even Celevia's body, uh, stuff like that. So kind of keep those sort of sorts of things in mind uh, when approaching it, because you want to make sure you're buffing the right part of your damage. It looks like ideally light skill chains are preferred because I have the resistances yeah. from the frog in here, and it has you know it's at nine, minus ninety five percent to fire. Uh, big surprise there. Minus ninety five percent to water. That's a big surprise, of course. Everything else is 70%, so minus 30% to anything, except for lightning, thunder is 100%, so minus or plus zero. 
So a light skill change I, ideal, but Dragoon should still be is. fine doing darkness. Well, I mean, a Dragoon can still pop off a Radiance, too. And yeah, the more steps you have, the more powerful it's going to be, generally. And uh, when I when I closed my Radiance on Monk, I think the Victory Smite did somewhere around, like, 10k damage. But that closing that particular weapon skill did, like, I, I want to say it was, like, close to, like, 20 to 30% of the thing's HP. Okay, so, okay, <laughs> so that's the skill the case. damage is huge. If that's yeah. the case. Yeah, the skill chain damage just carries you. Okay, because yeah, Dragoon isn't a unique... I'm going to try that and see if I can make a video, because I haven't made a video on Spicy's account for YouTube in, like, over a year, so let's see if I can can do on Dragoon and do that. That'll be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a cool one. And then, also, you're not going to just instantly fold if it happens to summon the adds, because that's considered a wipe by people, but honestly, as long as you can turtle through it and still kill the, the boss, um, I, I think getting the adds isn't that big of a deal. It just adds some more time. Like, yeah, they hit hard. You should be able to stay alive. I feel like we need like a, a 90s sort of meme here, like pa 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 power creep. Yeah, for real. I think that's exactly <laughs> what exemplifies the Sambus cake, because it's 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 low threat to good armor, it's it's low HP, you know, before not being buffed in the past, it just kind of was sucky dealing with the frogs and everything. I remember kind of struggling when this came out again in twenty seventeen just not being able to gravity and having to go in. And it was kind of like people were just kind of resigned that month. It seems like for some reason the frog occupies this psyche in our minds. Maybe I'm thinking it's the Hoggins too. Those were always a problem. They still are. They are for me. The yeah. Sahagans are the ones I'm not good at. I, I hate that the Sahagans are just mechanically not designed Those... to be shredded through like every other Ambuscade's entire game is. So It's a slog this month. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to see those Sahagans. Let's, let's see on the calendar here when... The Sahagans last were was a couple months ago, but let's see when they were before that, so we have an idea. I think it was like it was a while, ago. yeah, maybe February. It, it was a while ago though. So the first Sahagans were 2017. So to put this in perspective, the first couple of years at Ambuscade, almost we had a different fight every year, which was nice. Uh, if I didn't, yeah, 2017. Like most people wouldn't even have Aionic weapons at that point. Yep. Um, I think I did. I think I'm just Dragoon. Not sure. Um, so they were around first in August 2017. Then they weren't around for another year. They came back in July 2019. Weren't around 2020. Came back in July 2021. So it looks like we won't have to deal with Sahagans again by this schedule until 2023. So we are set until the summer of 2023, folks. That's when we can also hopefully power creep through those Sahagans and just laugh at them. Oh, yeah, because I mean, uh, by that point, you know, we'll have whatever the 20th anniversary is supposed to be leading the way. Someone on Reddit had posted, are there any plans from SC past 20th anniversary? Will game continue? And typical yeah, when fucking. You, when you brought that up, like I had to mop the blood out of my ears. I'm so tired. Of my my nose, shit. you know, I think it just fell off my face. Um, yeah, in typical Reddit fashion, is game continue? It, yeah, so <laughs> when the game continues, that's SC's plan. Power creep enough to beat the Sahagan easily on VD. Yeah, you see, I don't want to join this game and dump a paycheck into getting caught up to everybody just to. Just to have it closed down like a couple months later. Look, I don't want to make sure this is a sound investment and all. I don't want to ape in here and spend all of my fiat here on uh, all items R15 if the game's going to close in two minutes. So, uh, you know, let me know if I'm spending my money appropriately. Please, Reddit, tell me. 
Reddit yeah, won his best server. So speaking of Reddit, we have a late segment here, if you can call it that. Question we weren't asked, but we're going to answer anyway. And this one comes down to a question on Reddit in the weekly thread of last week, but it is still relevant because it was post-episode the other week. And it comes from Soylent of Asura. Samurai question. Since FTP on samurai weapon skills seems to stay pretty low apart from Tachi Fudo, does that make elemental belts and gorgets an okay choice early on for the remaining weapon skills? I know it's not going to be the 10% damage increase 1.0 FTP multi-hit weapon skills would get, but it is still seems to be a 3-4% boost on most. That's uh. There's a bit there to, to unpack and digest, but... I feel like this is a person who has read the general idea of why you would wear one of these belts, but doesn't still understand how to, like, look up and research what each of these weapon skills do. So Because, like, just because it's a multi-hit weapon skill with a low FTP mod does not mean that it is an FTP transfer one, which I think is what he's trying to get at. And while it's still ideal in a 1.0 weapon skill to wear the belt, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should immediately jump to that. And to me, when I look at this, um, so the belt for Fodia, for those who don't know offhand, says Latin effect weapon skill damage plus 10%, but that is SE's way because they can't explain the mechanics for whatever reason of saying FTP plus one, which, you know, it's not, it's Wait, really, it's probably the worst written item in the game and for, as far as I can think of. But that's what it is. I think, you know, to me, when I see someone try to point out, I know, I read it as I know it's not going to be a 10% weapon skill damage increase, which is not a 10% damage increase anyway. But if someone has to say <laughs> that, if someone has to say that, then that means it's like, yeah, I read the wiki page, everyone they're saying, but I don't understand what it means. So that's what I took from that part right there. And then yeah. when I, when you heard the three to 4% boost part oh, pre-show, okay. you, you said that you thought they were looking at a spreadsheet. I don't even think they're looking at a spreadsheet. I just think they did some weird, weird math there in their head that made sense, but I can't make sense of here of three to four percent boost at most. I think I think it could just be someone's like throwing out a really low percentage number to make it sound like they did some math on something yeah. that can never be verified because they aren't using a real target anyway. This is why you shouldn't bullshit when you actually want to know something. Yeah. Okay, so the short answer to this is that almost everything you wear isn't going to really matter in those slots. Like, oh. a, lot of pe a lot of people... Yeah. What do I buy? Uh, a lot of people will wear, like, the plus two neck and, like, a selfie belt because, like, all of the samurai weapon skills, almost all of them, I, th I think all of them, are all strength-based primarily, and they're all very, very relatively high strength mods. I think the lowest is 50%, which I think is on Rana, and then, like, the highest is, like, uh, 80%, which is uh, on stuff like uh fudo and the uh, and the ionic weapon skill or it might even be a little bit higher in those cases i'm not really sure it doesn't really matter um so a lot of times people will wear like strength and then they'll wear the, the plus two neck because they don't understand why they should wear anything different or even what that neck really does as far as the damage boost is concerned um because 25 strength is really nice right and so is 15 strength like i hear getting an extra 40 strength on your weapon skill is going to be really cool <laughs> but the way that that strength works outside of like an F strength calculation and even F strength is straight base damage to your weapon is it, is it just adds base damage to your weapon basically. And um, that is never going to be, well, okay. That's a terrible way to phrase it. it it's, it's very 
rare for that to be stronger than like a percentage-based increase a lot of the time. And um, because those slots don't really have a lot to offer when it comes to a percentage-based increase. And what I mean by that is a high source of attack, meaning that you're going to, to um, valuably change your, your PDIF in a favorable way, which is a percentage-based increase uh, by having a higher PDIF ratio. Or if you're an attack cap, um, having um, PDL increase, which is really why the neck matters, but it's only in specific situations where you're already getting the favorable increase and you're, you're still well buffed beyond that. Or you're not getting a weapon skill damage bonus, which is another percentage-based increase. So whenever you can, you want percentage-based increases, not additive-based increases. And when your weapon skill mods come into play, that's an additive-based increase that if anyone wants to be a smart ass and pick this apart, can be seen as a percentage-based increase based on how much it increases it by. And I'm intentionally killing you guys with math here on purpose because overthinking this is, is absolutely stupid. Um, what you're gonna wear in that next slot only matters if you're at PDF cap and you're buffed beyond. Um, what you wear on your waist, you're not gonna see much of a difference in your, your weapon skill damage, honestly. Um, if you constantly make a lot of these kinds of sacrifices with every single slot that you're wearing, yes, you're going to see a huge difference because the hole is going to be lower. But if you have like great or even sensible gear options and all those other slots, and let's say you just want to use like the Fodia belt, that 0.1 increase is going to be almost the same as a 15 strength increase most of the time. It, it might be better. Sure. It depends on the stats of the mob whether or not you're meeting any kind of like additive F strength situation, or, you know, if you need the extra attack from the strength to help like better repeat it, like it, all those things can matter, but honestly, you're not going to get enough bang for your buck in that slot. And it's not going to be a multiplicative increase in that slot. Um, whereas the point one technically is a multiplicative increase, but it's a very small one because going from, an FTP of like five to 5.1 isn't nearly as impactful as going from an FTP of one to 1.1, which is what this guy is trying to say. So if I'm going to put that in spicy terms, people understand here. Yeah. And unless you're attack cap to get the PDL from the plus two plus one neck, your neck slot doesn't really matter. And then really? your waist slot doesn't really have much of an impact regardless. So don't worry about it too much. Your other gear matters the but most. But you have a lack you, of options. You, you don't want to make this sacrifice in all the slots. Like you can't just be lazy about the way you gear. Like if, if you if you if you don't care what you wear in like all the slots, then all of those those small things will add up to a very large thing that will make you look very very bad. Yes. But to to spoil it, I don't own a single plus two neck, and <gasps> if I'm Kim. on a DD job and I'm properly buffed, you probably couldn't tell me apart from other DDs. Like when it comes to like, you know, people who are high end and know what they're doing, because the damage you do, like the, the 2%, the, like, like the 0 0.2 difference in the, in the multiplier, in the multiplier to your PDL that that neck is going to give between the plus one and the plus two, you're, you're never going to notice that. Like you could plug it into a spreadsheet and pretend you notice it, but you're not actually going to notice it in practice. It just, it, there's, it's. There's just no reason to care. I actually own Dragoon, Thief, and Blue Mage next plus two. Anything else is plus one. Yeah. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get the plus two neck. In fact, they're getting, they're becoming really reasonable to buy now. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that people have to ask questions like this, like I'm all for people optimizing, but I'd rather people learn 
and do the math instead of just ask this question for the, the biggest shortcut because the, there's no sense in answering this question for this person. It's not going to make enough of a difference for this person's play to, to matter ever, ever, ever. So matter of trivia here, Fox, when you said before you think all great katana weapon skills are strength-based, I pulled it up here. All except one are strength-based and all except two are purely strength-based. You get three guesses as to which one of them is not purely strength boosted. And if you can get both, you get daddy's love. So think is is Koki one of them? Koki is one of them that is not purely strength based, but strength is the main modifier. Okay. I'm actually not looking it up right now. I know. Um, I know that would ruin the game. The, uh, so I'll read off the weapons to help you. Because Yukikaze, I think, is 70. I'll I'll read off, um, Yukikaze is 75. So you have close. you have MP, Hobaku, Goten, Kagero, Jinpu, Koki, Yukikaze, Gecko, Kasha, Agaha, Shoha, Kaiten, and Fudo, and Rana. I want to say it's another one of the hybrids. Could be. Uh... If it wasn't, I'll help you again. If it wasn't a it's, hybrid, if it wasn't, it's probably Hobaku. No, no. If it was not a hybrid, what would it be? It wasn't a hybrid. Because Hobaku's physical, it's the stun one. Yeah, Hobaku is stun. If it wasn't a hybrid. Yeah, then is it just Envy? Nope. It is Tachi Agaha is 60% charisma, oh. 40% strength. Charisma, that's right. Yep. On the defense. Not yeah. the most charming of answers, Fox. You only I, I had a you don't know everything. One of the, I had a feeling it wasn't one of the pure damage ones. Like like I I like, was surprised. I remember I remember Koki specifically was the only pure damage one that has like other mods. And then I couldn't remember if it was another pure damage one or not. Like I had a feeling it was because that's the reason I said Habaku is I, I thought it was one of the ones with like an additional effect people care about. But I don't know. I just had it wrong. No, 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 no. You you used all sound deduction there. It was just had no sense rhyme or reason as to why charisma is the yeah. primary for Agaha. But it's derpy. Yes. Uh you did very well. I didn't think you do that well. But speaking of, um, people should give uh, samurai hybrids another look. Um, I've been doing a lot of crazy things on Ninja, so I decided to like translate that over to Sam, and that's how I've been playing Sam a lot lately. And I've made a game now out of how many uh, different different mobs I can come across that I can just casually do cap damage to. Well, and you'd be surprised. Uh, the highest level one so far is Sang Boya in Rise and Jima. I insta killed it. <laughs> that's pretty good. If you want to yeah, I, I oh. opened with, with uh, Itty Konzen, um, or Konzen Atai, and then I closed it with um, with Jinpu? It was either Jinpu or Goten for cap damage, and it just instantly died. And now you're going to open up to bots who are going to pop that and just sell nothing but stones for 2k a stack. Well, here's the thing. Like, nobody... Uh, I mean, samurais who, like, have been samurais for a while know this sort of thing exists. Like, it's not news to anyone that the hybrid weapon skills are good. But I don't think enough people give the hybrid weapon skills enough credit in a lot of content because the damage is very nice comparing to compared to just Fudo spam. So I mean, obviously an R15 mass immune is a cool thing, but I, I don't know. Like, so is cap damage. <laughs> so I, I, you know, with with a lot of things I'm I'm hitting cap damage on, I I would be really surprised if. Uh, and, and when I when I say this, I'm doing this with a, with an army of trusts. Like I have nobody buffing me. Uh, outside of what what you can get from trusts, so uh, I think people should start taking in another look on that, especially with how powerful Naomi Gear is, because it's just uh, 
like hybrids are already inherently pretty broken weapon skills and i think we have i think we should give them a, a like another look in in terms of like trying to incorporate them in tactics it's that power creep we talked about but also to finish off the yeah. samurai issue here so i mean with these high strength mods obviously selfie belt is going to be your best bet just i'm not in the samurai i could just say that because it's it's high multi-hit and and not even that's important but just high strength there with attack is i mean not that attack's important wall for it because of how samurai is but just those things combined together yeah well yeah it is but it's not a lot of attack um but uh those things with the high strength it's like 15 strength so that combined i don't think I don't play the job, so it's correct me if I'm wrong. It's about it being a different, better belt for strength there that Samurai would use the weapon skill. But out, otherwise, what items would you use in those slots other than Fodia? Because you don't really have many options at all to use besides that. Is the, is the main point oh, there too? I mean, the the old school thing is like the Brasilio belt, because that's just you're putting strength there because you use strength based weapon skills, and there's just nothing better to use for the neck. I, if you're not going to use the Sam neck, and honestly, you probably should just use the Sam neck. Like, just use Caro or Fodia. Because you said not uh, other than Fodia, but you'd have to use like a Karo necklace. It has attack on it and has strength. It just doesn't have a lot. And that's because those those slots are like really anemic when it comes to what you can put there. It's pretty bad. Oh, also I have an R zero Doji. I was doing this with. I figured people wanted what for Sun Buya. Yeah, yeah. With the what I'm doing with these weapon skills, I'm doing it with an R zero Doji. So that way people can 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 like temper that the way they want it's like hey well i have an r15 doma doji maybe i should be able to do it this way or whatever yeah i just wanted to put out there what the weapon was at so that people know that it's possible to do with you know less than an r15 i have an r0 doji and a 99 samurai with cap merits but i've never played the job and uh, i've never <laughs> geared it up and it has zero job points and i've never played a day in my life and i also had the level 75 trial of the masa moon from about uh pre adeline era so uh well uh if you ever wanted to do sam sam is like basically no. a free way to get job points because uh just again solo not during a cp campaign or anything i rolled out to uh doe gates with trusts and i overran one of the pots because i was just insta killing things with with jimpu kagero and goten and uh i was getting like close to like i was getting somewhere in the ballpark of like four million cp an hour just solo and Sam is like a free job. So anytime like people buy job points, you should feel bad. And then also like if you're buying job points on Samurai, you should feel extra bad because it's basically <laughs> like a free job. I had wanted to play. So I, I like to, when we do this and we talk about jobs and their potential and everything, every job is exciting when we talk about it. And I get excited about every freaking job we talk about. So soloing JP on Samurai, which you can do in other jobs, but Samurai just kind of rolls out there. I guess Ninja would do the same exact thing, too, with its hybrids, if you were properly geared buffed, yeah. and if you weren't, you... Eh. Yeah. Eh. Oh. It, it does okay. Like, you need more... You need a little more support, because it's a little more attack-starved than a Sam is, but yeah. Uh, nonetheless. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah I, I know. You're, you're, you were absolutely correct in providing that as context. It's actually very important because when someone takes what we're saying and then just runs out there and goes, and tries to apply it. Why did it not work in the manner of which I was made to presume to believe? I had my R zero Heishi and everything. Oh man, I was R zero like they said, and it still sucked. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, so outside of that, it's uh, it's always exciting when we talk about these jobs and. 
it's it's always you know but i had wanted to do samurai despite how exciting it is when we talk about every job in this game i wanted to do samurai before um adeline had come out and you know i was working on masamu and stuff because before adeline came out the game was getting kind of like it was now where you had done abyssia for years and void watch was kind of like did i not get my harness from um the one cataray and quip them yet you know did I not oh, get that those harness or whatever yeah it never fucking dropped for me ever um you know did i not get my harness into the hundredth kill 50th kill the seven millionth kill you know it, it got to a point where things were getting a little you know stale again and i kind of like oh let's do samurai that's kind of cool at the moment you know and the game has changed jobs have changed so many times over gear prowess of application of fights you're approaching it with i'm like yeah samurai be cool and then you know adeline came out and i just it just samurai was like you know it was still cool but it wasn't like it had been or you know i guess it, i guess you could say i was kind of bandwagoning it for boredom and i just stopped there and never approached it because i never really cared about samurai i thought it'd be cool to run around in like that you know fancy samurai outfits and stuff and you know as i do <laughs> typically with that that nonsense of what's the nonsense i like about samurai oh it's got long cool sleeves you know, something something stupid. Right. It's got weird bell bottomish pants. You know, something like that. I have everything else at this point. But, you know, I after that point happened, I'd never look back at Samurai ever again. It's not a job that, you know, I don't it, it's too direct for me. I don't I don't like the directness of Samurai. That's that's against my I, my style. I agree. Um I, I like what I'm currently doing with it. But I, I mean, anybody can make a, you know a four step skill chain involving Fudo, Shoha, Kasha, and then even more Fudo. You know, like you you constantly see that over and over and over again. But you can make way more exciting skill chains using the other weapon skills this job has available. And if you can string them together and use like more powerful versions of those weapon skills situationally, then I, I would want to bring Samurai as like a magic damage specialist actually. Um, I don't care about the physical weapon skills. Like anyone can spam Fudo the same way anyone can spam upheaval or, you know, a torque lever. Like it, it's whatever. You know, go go jerk off into a par somewhere. Who cares? Um, I care about having strong options for um, for like magic damage and hybrid options and stuff like that. And um, what Samurai brings to the table that an engine necessarily wouldn't bring to a table is the ability to be more useful during downtime. Um, to where they can they can actually like meditate. Um, you can use Sekinoki to make it go even further. Like if if you have like a lot of downtime during an event or something, um, because you don't always need three K weapon skills to get the job done. It just depends on what you're doing. So I mean, depending on how the job plays, and then also Segan is is another really nice defensive thing as long as you've got like cool like counter sets you can build and stuff like that. Segan's so those those are the things I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Segan does a lot of cool things, and I think Zan Segan is never talked about, and it's actually pretty nice too. You know, with the enhanced counter rate based on your. Uh, okay, explain because Zanshin to me is your job points, everything multi-hit from missing a hit because you cap accuracy mm -hmm. and you eventually miss a hit, get an extra free multi-attack. But what is Zan Segan? Segan. Well, when Segan's active, uh, it translates into a counter rate. Yeah, it procs as a counter rate. Yeah. And you don't get any TP off of it, but it's just additional defense. And if you have Segan popped, you're there for the defense. So where's the Zanshin come in? Um, oh, it's it's based on your, your Zanshin rate. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, when, okay. When, when a samurai gets those bonuses in their JP and stuff, a lot of times they get all excited because they can make that Zanhaso build or whatever, which is okay, but there's better ways to build your samurai, honestly. For DPS, um, yeah. Yeah. 
so you can do that. But most people focus on the Hasso side, the Zan Hasso of it, but they don't ever focus on the Zan Sagan. And the Zan Sagan is the um, the counter rate that gets increased because you have, uh, and it's based on your, your active Zanshin rate. So I don't play Samurai at all, and I can think of like the Valorous Hands or like Zanshin plus 10 and stuff. So I guess the drawback there would then be Dragoon-esque, where you don't have any magic defense or evasion. 26 magic evasion hands. I thought it was 27. I thought it was 27. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking around. It is really low, though. Um, you actually want to wear the, the Tatanashi set, because um, it has triple attack, which is great. Oh, no, it's 26. Great. It's 26. Yeah. I pulled up acro. It's 26 magic evasion. You got it. It's but, so terrible. Yep. Um, but uh, the Tatanashi set also has very low magic evasion, and it also works very well for like the Zon whatevers you, you want to do, whether it's Hasso or Sagan. Um, but yeah, it... Uh, uh, like the, the counter rate isn't great, but it stacks with the rest of the counter rate that you have, so it's nice. Um, you so, can you can cap counter on on Sam. But you just have to make it for the low like accuracy. Cap of, um, yeah, eighty percent. Yeah, that's not bad. Eighty percent is really see. No? You know that's the see. I don't like how direct Samurai is, but Segan uh, Third Eye and and, and Zansen Segan, as we just I just learned because I don't play the job and it's not talked about. Uh, those are the most exciting parts about Samurai to me, besides the hybrid weapon skills. Like, th those make me want to be like, play the job, because when you get in this like, weird, struggling fashion of having an interesting counter Sanshin build and stuff that they've introduced, but added gear to not considering, so it's become out of balance and unique, interesting ways of ap applying it to content. Like, that excites me a lot of, of like, oh, I want to do a, a, a Seekin Third Eye Sanshin counter build. That sounds really cool. Like, I thought about fighting. Uh, certain uh, NM with blue using a counter build with like Gladys mask augments I don't have yet and just like I'm like oh I want to try this sounds like Shedu yeah no no that'd be interesting but most people try to fight Shedu with counter that's why I thought it would be Shedu I didn't consider that that'd be interesting I, I, I'm sure I could beat him Shedu already without that you can yeah that's not not yeah. a problem but just you know applying it to like really hard content and trying to see if I can do it because you know blue gets counter orcish counter stands it's got a lot of things to build a counter build on blue similar to how your beast has a counter build with the uh, the pig and everything similar concept yep. which is interesting because to me counter builds are always applied suboptimally where it's like you could have just killed it or done something else to counter its stuff and you know instead of messing around with a counter build that slows your dps down or etc but I, I wanted to try and do a counter build kill of a certain nm that was coming to mind just something a little different to do because people obviously have already killed most NMs in the game solo or shown off. Yeah. Or, uh, not that I care that it's been done before. I'm not Marco Polo here. But just I was just imagining that was kind of exciting. But Samurai does that same kind of thing where it's like, oh, that could be nifty. Yeah, I mean, just just think about what gets people killed on the NMs that get spawned in uh, Odyssey runs, right? Oh, yeah, Samurai yeah, should never I die by that, that reasoning. Yeah, exactly. There, there's a lot of people who will be like super elite and it's like, oh, I'm just going to insta-kill the NM. It's never a problem. But honestly, it becomes a problem for everybody. Sometimes it's it like, is. Get there over yourself. Be yeah. no reason. So that should be the cool thing about being a samurai. Like Dark Knight's cool. Spot, it can it can use a JA and get extra, you know, uh, HP bar from its drain that kind of gets resisted sometimes and isn't the nine 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 everyone thinks it is. Uh, and Dread Spikes is nifty until it's off and you get flattened. Uh, but being a samurai, showing you have a mastery of your job and how to apply it, besides spam weapon skill macro or put automatic weapon skill in your fucking lua. Right. is, you know, Gross. being able to pop into that Zanshin counter build when you have hate and not die, or to have it ahead of time because you can so quickly die to Hunter Fist in that mob that you can't actually mm -hmm. hit it in time. 
So to have that ready while also still doing damage, like focusing a build it's around It's actually that, safer than your DT set. Yeah to, to, yeah, to focus a build around that while being offensive would show you have a mastery of the job and it would be a fun, unique way to apply things that should excite anyone who enjoys this game. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't be afraid to be a little lower on the parse. Like, don't don't jump out. Don't refuse to jump out of Hasso because you think you can squeeze out like two more Fudos and then potentially die to 100 fists when you can just go into Segan and let someone else kill it or just eventually kill it yourself. It's, it's OK for it to take like an extra 10 seconds. Is this a secret samurai episode now? Well, I mean, it was also a Secret Thief episode to an extent. Too. Yeah, yeah, Secret Monk I episode. I mean, it's it's really just reflecting on stuff that we've kind of experienced in the game recently and comparing it to the ridiculousness that is this this meta idea that, that we keep circling back to. And I don't know, like, we're... The meta's again, not we're, meta We're anymore. so strong. Yeah, yeah we're, we're so that's, strong. That's there's really at. no meta anymore, guys. That's what the frog is actually demonstrating perfectly is that we've eclipsed the entire game itself. We are now gods. Yeah. Well, I'm actually really surprised they didn't um, upgrade the frogs because because you know they they were making the ambuscade stronger for a while. Like they were adding like extra HP arbitrarily to a lot of these mobs. Like between they like 2019 2020, you you would think, but it doesn't feel like that's the case. Like I think this is this still feels like the same frog that I fought before. Just now I'm wearing like ridiculous armor that is unparalleled. So yeah, and if they increased the HP in the frog, a puppet master wouldn't be soloing. You need to have two OD pups to do it, and that wouldn't be a problem yeah. at all. But it would have at least kind of invalidated the solo monk fighting, but you still could have, you know, two pups, two monks. I mean, you could have done something else there. But, I mean, yeah. it would be nice if they made it a little harder because I don't like every Tom, Dick, and Harry that paid an extra twelve ninety five to soft RMT this game. Oh, an extra dollar if it's on the same account, you know. But, uh, you know, the soft RMT this game by yelling to leech. Because there was a yell I put in the Yells of Asura on our Discord channel. Someone was yelling over and over again, free VD, can I have it, please? And I yelled, you know, nope, uh, at least you know I can add you to my blacklist now because you're, you know, a dick, <laughs> basically. Well, it also doesn't and help that a lot, of, a lot of these puppet masters who were feeling, like, irrelevant before this Ambu are now, like, offering to carry people just to, like, show them how cool they are, right? And the problem I've seen, is I've seen people in this LS that, that I consult with, um, they have puppet masters like pop up in there and they're just like, can I carry you through, through ambuscade? Like, like they have something to prove. Like obviously part of them is still trying to do something nice, but at the same time, they're also still just trying to prove something. And that's actually kind of to like a negative detriment because if all of a sudden, like enough people get carries, it kind of just becomes this expected thing that someone will show up and be able to carry. you, And that's why you get these kinds of shouts. You know, um, it, it goes back to that lol pup mentality that has actually never really died in this game. Lol pup, because when I get on pup, I'm not as strong as a monk. I have kind of an anchor I drag behind me sometimes of how do I best apply the pup to the situation I'm in? Because the the fact of the matter is the nicheness that pup can apply to doesn't apply in a divergence alliance, doesn't apply in certain ways. They, so they need to make the mage puppets better. That yes, would be so good. Yes, 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 yes. They do. Pup needs certain adjustments, but trying to operate within the parameters of which it has now. Right, right. Uh, I could see having something to try and prove because the job isn't as popular as it should be, even though it's really fun to tinker with and this and that. But sometimes you just don't feel entirely useful like you would on Blue or Dancer or, you know, Big Dick Samurai. You know, it, it just, yeah. it just, you know, so I could see having something to prove because the lol pup and not being as popular and never being bandwagon outside of bullshit mechanics you're trying to avoid in this case. Once again, as I said in the past, pup is only good if you're avoiding mechanics. 
Um, not entirely how I said that. It was your pup is good for tanking things or trying to avoid. Mechanics. In general, so, though, that's how yeah, the community applies. That, that's how it's applied. Yes. Um, I can see having something to prove. So it's kind of tough. But you should want to just, if anything in this conversation tonight has been established, it should be having the confidence to one enjoy something. And when you enjoy it to a certain extent, we said in a mythic episode, said in every episode, you make a certain weapon, not because it's, you know, the biggest deeps. It's because you love the job or really want to have extra flexibility. You know, it's because you care about the job. So, you know, you should approach that in a certain way, like how you optimize your Lua or gear sets every day. If you really like a job, you shouldn't be looking to prove yourself. You should be looking to enjoy yourself. And not have to, you're not there to carry the group on pup. A lot of jobs are there to like kind of carry the stragglers. You don't have to carry anyone. Just approach it, have fun, be confident. And if you've done the groundwork and learned about your job and understand the game and mechanics, and even in the slightest sense, like I don't know the mechanics Fox does, but I can understand it or be conferred with in a way that allows me to perform in a more optimal manner. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do is just approach it, you know? Yeah in that way humbly and and with the intention to have fun yeah there's always a bigger fish um there's always gonna be someone who out dds you and that's that's it what's funny about that is that's going to be true in like a cyclical nature too like the next person that out damages you is probably going to lose to somebody else who loses to somebody else who may even lose to you in the future you know in, in a circle and that's because every single situation can be approached slightly differently with different buffs and different things that come up even when it comes all the way down to like the ai of the mods being um so i guess don't care so much like stop feeling inadequate you, it's okay like as long as you're as long as you're doing what you're there to do as a dd and that's to be alive deal the damage deal enough damage to get the content killed you have nothing to prove and that's like the root of 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 making fun of the daddy's love like, we're all we're all super strong and powerful I'm not special in any kind of way. And neither is, is your DD. Like if you're listening and you purchased your DD, you know, like you're everything that we make fun of, you know, RMTing all your shit. Like don't stress it so much. Like, like stop doing that because you're selling yourself short on the fun of the game. You're selling yourself out. Yeah, basically. And you're, you're not doing yourself any, you're not going to be better at the end of the day than anyone else really. Um, once, once everyone has like all of this crazy stuff, Everyone is basically interchangeable. The fact that you can like edge out someone's parse does not matter. It doesn't matter even in the slightest. So just stop feeling inadequate about it. Take a step back, play your job better, and don't worry about always being the top on the parse because if you're playing to the group rather than playing to the individual, you're going to be able to accomplish a lot more in this game. Wow, we're so motivational. You know, because it's never too late to change. If you've been that guy that's tried to uh, use the guides for the wrong way of empowering yourself by looking what you need to buy to be the guy that you're never going to be, then it's never too late to change and look at it in a way... uh, I I think perspective requires evolution. So it's never too late to get that evolution on a personal uh, sense of... Because we're playing a game, of course, but in order to get that perspective and, and... insight into the game yourself and who you are etc you know it it takes a a look interpersonally into yourself and you know it's never too late to make that growth so pretty much it's okay guys it's just a game we're here for fun and i will say fox i do not like ipas but right now i have this voodoo ranger juicy haze (laughs) ipa 
And I will say that uh, I hate IPAs, and don't give me one of those dank-ass double IPAs. I don't want to taste the freshly mown grass. Thank you very much. That's not sure, a beer. You can give me the dank-ass double Yeah, IPAs. Fox wants to taste the grass. I uh, yeah. I just want to, you know, graze. And I will say that I've had other Voodoo Rangers, the normal and, and the Imperial or whatever. I did not care for those. But the Juicy Haze one, I am. Uh, this is very delicious. I am down with this sucker right here. Are you drinking your IPA directly out of the bottle or are you pouring it into a glass? Oh, this is actually out of the can. Uh, I didn't want to bring a glass into here, so I just... Oh, I mean, not that I couldn't... So, ha- this I, is going to sound stupid, but have it in a glass. Like, it, to me, they always taste better in a glass. Oh, yeah, they, they do. I don't dispute that. I have nice beer glasses. As I talked about before the show, I, I have a nice stein, although I do not have oh, a nice stone. nice rock? A nice rock, okay. yes. So, um, I have glasses. I just, you know... And some... I've actually seen some IPAs that say, drink them out of the can, don't drink them out of anything else, which is interesting. <laughs> Which is was weird because I could see not drinking out of the bottle because it's a narrow. Well, the can's narrow too, but at least you get some sort of thing in your nose there to give you. Because a lot of a taste is scent, so I, I could see the can being a thing. But the bottle I've seen too, drink it out of the bottle. They say, and it's like I, I don't like bottles. So when when I pour into a glass, like I start with a smooth pour, and then I try to make sure that there's at least a little froth at the top when it comes to an IPA because yeah, like. Honestly, the froth at the top tastes really good when it when it comes to like those particular beverages. So that's just the way I always have it. I don't know if that's like drink optimal, but I guess even I can be suboptimal sometimes. Well, see, I also don't, I don't like know. IPAs, so not getting even more of the hot. Oh, this one's really tasty though. I've never had such a tasty IPA like this because I always hate IPAs. But this is this is I'm down with this. But also just not getting extra extra hop in my face with the glass. But I sit on the bed here when I record this with you, and I I pull over this end table here that sits beneath the window next to me the cats like to rest on and I, I use that as a table here so i don't have like a great deal of room to put a glass in bed i could put one right in this table but uh i just i just kind of grab whatever i need and go sit down and do this so so otherwise to get back on track here i just was remarking it i actually enjoy an ipa for once in my life it, it's kind of a monumental thing for me because i've never found one that i'd be like yeah give me another i've had a lot of different ones dozens maybe i've had like 50 different ipas and and just i've never wanted another one i'm like oh, i could take another one of this so i was i was remarking i finally found one finally will you, will you send the name of that to me in a, in a dm That's just just voodoo ranger juicy hate because i i like the oh. non-filtered it's just Juicy Haze IPA. It's it's. I talked to you before, show about how Voodoo Ranger has a line. Yeah, I I keep thinking New Belgium Ranger, and then you're talking about something else. I it's thought you had New the Belgium two IPAs. Voodoo Ranger. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I've never had the Voodoo Ranger version. I've I've drank the um, the Ranger back when that first came out. I used to sell it, <laughs> but I didn't know there was like a Voodoo Ranger. Yeah, they, they relaunched the line of Rangers into Voodoo Rangers, I guess. So it's got the I'm the cool skeleton with the hipster glasses on it. Nice. I'm gonna go pick that up tomorrow then. Yeah, because I actually want an IPA. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, have this tomorrow and tell me how you how you like it. Yeah, for sure. It's a white can, unless it, I mean I imagine it's a national thing with New Belgium now. So yeah, it would be. You know, I'm usually not impressed by their stuff, but uh, they've they've made something that's uh, I've had different things with them before, and it's never bad. Like it's just beer. When I picked up, yeah. well, when I picked up that Spellbound one, remember with the uh, it was like that ten and a half percent belgian cherry triple and i've had other belgians and triples and cherries before and it was it was absolutely i was remarking how outside of that chocolate salted coconut thing (laughs) from southern tier outside that (laughs) yeah outside of that that was the worst beer experience ever so 
I have no doubt. The, you know, I believe you we say it's it. just beer, but sometimes it can be just punishment. Well, what I'm saying is New, New Belgium is just beer. Like, yeah. It's not anything special, but it's not necessarily like you're drinking like High Life or something. Like it's 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 a it's a good beer that's not like an ultra ultra mass produced beer. It's it's always gonna be middle of the road. It probably won't let you down. Like I don't know. I can try to rickroll you with beer, but I'm not gonna do that right now. Well, think, <laughs> but, uh, think about it also too. When I make these, I've never listed the same beer or wine or anything twice ever. So we've been doing this already. This is episode fifty one. That's fifty one weeks. And on top of my life in general, I've I try to just keep getting something different every time. So I've gone through many, many, many items over the years and over these episodes. So it's just, you know. Yeah, I got you. Otherwise, if you could pick a job right now, you see, you play all the jobs. That's the problem. Like, if I, uh, this it question works more to me. I was going to say, if you could pick a job right now to focus on and gear up and pay attention to, like, say your time and your life wasn't a limit here or, or anything else of that nature. Uh, what would you pick to like focus more on? Like you had been working on Blue Mage at one point, so you had the jobs. But what well, would you well, pick? What's my, what's my aim? Like, am I trying to be the most effective in the most content? Well, see, that's where we differ because it's like, what do I think I'd like to work on next versus <laughs> you? Just there, like, what's my I mean, what's my what's my uh, motivation director? Well, mo- motivation matters, right? Like, because if I'm just gonna like pick up a job because I think it's cool, like obviously Ninja, right? Because Ninja is just a job that I've always vibed with. And it's awesome. But then a lot of people also don't know that I have an incredible Red Mage. And I absolutely love Red Mage, even though no one ever sees me on it. I, I um, really don't see you on it. Yeah, fantastic job. Um, It actually is still, it's right there with Ninja for my favorite job, right? But that's in terms of like favorites. Um, If I wanted to be the most useful and the most content, though, and picked a single job to um, really focus on and just get everything for, honestly, given everything I've seen lately and like how they all interact with the new gear, I would pick Blue Mage. Because Blue Mage is good at literally everything in the game right now. I like that because, see, I thought about this question before we even sat into the podcast. And I was I was thinking today, and now we're sitting in the diner. I'm like, you know, I have a podcast tonight. What should I uh, think about? <laughs> and I just kind of like, eh, I don't know. I'm just going to eat these pancakes right now. And I just kind of put in the back of my mind. It's like, you know, I'm uh, sitting here having this baguette with cheese. Uh, got a podcast later. What should I, should I think about? Eh, I'm enjoying this cheese. Let me get back. Let me get back to it. So, uh, I thought about just in general what I do because I pick very limited jobs. I'm the opposite of you in many ways, of course. Uh, I pick very limited jobs and focus intently and intensely on those jobs. So I only have a couple, and and Pup is kind of like on my fringe of trying to bring it into uh, making it as good as my blue, focused as my dragoon and my thief is getting to be. Um, so I only have a few, but I'm thinking to myself, you still have that impression on me from Beastmaster and it just kind of sticks to me. I still think Beastmaster would be really <laughs> cool. And then I, I told Carrot a couple nights ago, just randomly came up. I don't know how, it just doesn't matter. But I'm like, you know, Beastmaster like, seems really cool. And she goes, that's because you like all the pet jobs and the jobs no one likes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, you're not, you're not wrong. I, I'm not crazy about summoner, Actually, but in the past yeah. I liked it. If Beastmaster had a had another damage type native to it that mattered, um, I would have probably picked uh, Beastmaster over Blue Mage because of its ability to replace a Geomancer in a lot of situations. Um, but it's limited by its its native slashing types. Like it can scythe, it can uh, sword, and it can axe. But that's it. And it it's, it's only one damage type. 
Um, Blue Mage is good at like basically everything that isn't Zevioso or Airbody. Like every content. Like I went out and smashed Divergence in it in two different zones um, handily <laughs> uh, recently, and I, the, the gear upgrades to it are just phenomenal. Um, it just it just did a great job. Um, it does great in Odyssey farms. Um, it does excellent in Omen, as we've discussed. You can basically solo every boss in there um, on blue. Probably shouldn't have any issues. Not saying you shouldn't group up because it'd be easier. It's whatever. It's, it's Omen. It's dated content. Um, but basically, as long as you're you're going in any UNM, um, if you're going into a fight and you don't need piercing damage, then Blue Mage is, is perfectly fine because otherwise it'd be tied to like your chain affinity which or Flux, which is kind of suboptimal. Yeah, yeah. I've said before, that's, that's I my wish basis. they would, would enhance uh, Iflux and uh, chain affinity, as well as burst affinity. And as well as the one hour, which should be more than 30 seconds. Man, I've like you can put out some really cool numbers on Blue Mage oh, yeah. now. When we're not farming, burst. see what's cool too about Blue Mage is how you apply your tools and techniques. So go back to Omen here for a second and farming Detritus. Like I'll try to when I get that ten and a half minute time or whatever. That's because I'm optimizing my buff cycles with my burst affinity, with my you know uh, buff remaining time, which is buff cycles still, but just in general because Mighty Guard's separate from the other buffs in terms of cycles. And how you apply the timer versus diffusion to an ant. So I've kind of worked it out just naturally. I, like, I don't sit down and optimize it and think about how I could save 10 seconds. It's not a speed run. But just it kind of comes naturally when you play blue for years and years and years. Um, that you kind of just work into a pattern of approaching in a certain way. And I'd worked it down that way. But blue is cool in that way too. But I just wish that burst affinity did more than just provided extra damage from increasing the modifiers, the base modifiers when you use it. Yeah, I'd want it to like help with like the land rate on some of the added effects. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, they have like that. Like a mini that, elemental seal, right? They have that. Well, it's not a mini elemental seal, but they have Convergence, which has not been buffed since the 75 era, and it's yeah. a merit ability. I'm going to pull it up now because I'm curious. It's so I'm so curious because I don't have it since... I had it at 75. I merited it back in the day and used it because it's also really cool for the fact that it turns AoEs into a single target, which can be very important when you have slept mobs or something around you you don't want to hit, which most of blue stuff is AoE that you use, so that's also very special. And there's some effect from some armor on it. Um, the problem is, to my memory, that conversions adds to the base damage of something, not... Oh, ooh. Ooh. So, the game description... Okay, so that's a merit point rank. Okay. Oh, uh, no, that, that is merit point. I was, I was thinking job point rank. I was, um, so the merit point text here, at least on BG, assume it's strike from the game, is 5% increase. Oh, it's magic damage. and magic. So it's it's a 5% increase in magic damage, but it's not, you know, it, for magic accuracy, it's static. But the wording makes no. me think it's not. I thought it was a 5% increase in magic accuracy, which would been interesting. But it's only at, at max rank here. It's 25 magic accuracy, unfortunately. But it's um, plus... 25% magic damage, and with the... Ooh, that's also a bad piece. With the Relic Body. Oh. Yeah, that's not, yeah. A, nu that's not a nuking piece. It's magic no. accuracy, accuracy, and fast cast. There's no magic attack bonus on that. Uh, with that, you get an extra 2% um, per level, so you get 35% magic damage, and that's base damage. So for Subduction, it'd be really cool, <laughs> but... Or, or Retinal Glare. It's also on Recast Timer. 
Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the recast timer is 10 minutes. <laughs> so at 75, it was really cool because there was nothing really enhanced base damage or magic spells, and it was really cool for nuking. But yeah, I thought it did more magic accuracy in 25. At 75, that was a lot, but that is... Oh, that stands out as one of the worst aging merits. And I mean, no matter what, though, you're still hosed because you have to have assimilation, you have to have diffusion. Oh, yeah, there's no way. You, you, no matter what on blue, that's you what only really have sucks. one. You have half your category taken no matter what. So Yeah, you, you, you can't even really experiment that much because of how critical those other merits really are, which is really sad. Yeah. Like, they should just give us the, the, the assimilation at this point. They should. That that should be honestly, they worked red mage, black mage, white mage merits. They should really change blue mage's assimilation to be. It's also natural. part of their job points too. Like that yeah. would be as simple as the beastmaster fix for ready, where they just increase the uh, the job point category and just remove um, the amount given by the job point categories at, at those tiers, and just remove whatever. Because, or am I thinking about that wrong? Because its other merits are actually so. If we take away diffusion uh, or take away assimilation, just keep diffusion, which of course you would do with that. That should not be changed. Keep that as a meritable option the way it is. Exactly. No change whatsoever. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, um, it's conversions, great. super underwhelming. You only get four. So assimilation, conversions, diffusion, and enchantments, the last one. And enchantments Enchainment, nice. Though, yeah. But there's so much TP bonus right now that, well, no, there's TP bonus, but it doesn't apply to spells. Yeah. But I mean, there's there's ways to get TP bonus on those spells, though, like outside of just uh, Flux, right? Mm. Like, I thought there was gear that, that enhanced it, too. Or am I wrong? So the gear that enhances uh, Enchainment, I know of, that's also... Oh, wait, no. Wait. The, and then, then I thought there were also, like, like, merit categories that helped with that, too. Or not merit, but JP categories, So right? let me make a correction here. The Laza body, the Relic body, is the one that enhances Enchainment, not... What is the item for convergence? Hold on, let me correct myself here. I feel really I think stupid. it's the head. Yeah, I thought so. Which would be... Oh, the kafia. Yep, yep, I'm stupid. So correct that. I feel fucking stupid now. And the kafia is at least high magic accuracy with blue skill. So it's not the... It's no, there's no... There's no magic attack bonus on that piece still. So it still stands, but... Um, and I'm wrong about the burst affinity thing. I was, that, that's just a straight damage increase. That's in your JP. Yes, and yeah, well, the, the most the, the main benefit there is the modifier increase, the the job point there. Uh, but no, the the assimilation is just job points there, so you get that regardless, no matter what you have. So that 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 point still stands. But nonetheless, um, uh, and there's nothing that I can think of. So the blue pants for so chain affinity is the feet for AF and the head for Empyrean adds basically base stats damage to the to the base damage to the the spell, which is nice. Mm. Uh, it's generally best in slot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing that I can think of besides, let me pull up the Empyrean pants. For, I think it's like Eflux boost that, that give you that extra TP. Outside of that, blue doesn't get TP boost to its, you know, stuff there. Because no matter how much TP you have, unless you use Chain Affinity, Eflux is a straight static boost of, what is it, 500? Hold on. I mean, honestly, you're using enchantment like three times more often than you would use diffusion. So Eflux is a thousand TP bonus to the next spell, um, but also increases the base damage of the spell it's used, like with Chain Affinity. Yeah. So the problem, like even though you use enchantment, like, you would technically use enchantment, like if you're using it on cooldown, like three times more often than diffusion. 
that single diffusion spell is going to do more for your party than, yeah, correct. and for the situation that Enchainment ever will for that one spell. It'll do more for you too, because if you're keeping attack cap with Mighty Guard, then that's, you know, the the ultimate bonus there. Or just, you know, as as we've seen in Odyssey, using Cruel Joke and then saving diffusion for Nature's Meditation, especially on floor 3-4. Oh, yeah. Another reason to bring blue, because having extra Berserk on floor 3-4 for no extra cost on an NM or a uh, saving it for the floor 4 fetter uh, circle there is There's no you know, downside. Oh yeah, that that's that's absolutely the best thing you're going to bring in for your group on top of the buffs you're already using with Core and Bard. So, yeah, most of the time you don't need Mighty Guard. So, oh yeah, I don't. I, it's completely useless. It, it always felt useless in farms because it just didn't. I mean, I was hoping it would help save someone's life, and it didn't ever seem to do that. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's a place for Mighty Guard. Um, Ambuscade's more on important. lower level content for sure. But yeah, as you end up in like higher and higher content, you want like the attack bonuses or even the spell interruption bonuses. Um, even though I've actually stopped using Verb a lot. Like if I'm ever sub Red Mage on Blue, I almost never use Verb. Oh I yeah, the Aquavale gear if you carry it. The rope. Or if I'm or if I'm sub Rune, I use Aquavale. Yeah. Yeah, the rope, the legs, and the head gives you like plus four or five mm-hmm. Aquavale already, and that's you don't need much more. You can just recast it. So Verb is only yeah. cool if you don't have that sub for some reason. That way, like depending on what's happening, you can just diffuse a better effect. Verb was cooler in the past. Yeah, I mean, you've always had this gear, so but Verb still has its place. You still use it at time. You can like diffuse reactor cool even. Yeah, a reactor cool is super interesting too because of the defense bonus and the uh, ice spikes. But and that's also longer lasting too. That's a three minute base, so you're gonna get that extra five and a quarter minutes out of it, which is kind of nice. Uh, if only shock spikes was useful, but. <laughs> right. At any rate, yeah, there's no it, uh, it back at 75, Blue Mage's job ability seemed much more reasonable because Blue Magic was limited one by MP to balance it because you didn't have this MP restoral or MP pool that you had today. And two, the job abilities limited it to being extra powerful. These were like when you used that back in the day, it was kind of like using a weapon skill, and if you used it with a weapon skill to skill chain, it was like that was a big you could kill a a fodder mob that Someone would be stuck fighting for a while. I remember being on Blue Mage and someone could aggro it on, I don't know, a normal job. And it'd take a while to get one to TP to weapon skill without buffs. And just killing it would take, back in the day, it would take minutes. So, well, SE sweeped through and revamped all the weapon skills, but didn't seem to revamp anything. Because all the blue stuff is, like we've talked about in the Blue Mage episode, it's all locked in 75 era. It has like 75 era level FTP values, 75 era level weapon skill mods, all sorts of stuff on all those spells. So... And it still yeah, manages I, to do content really well, which is what's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the the job itself still does fine. It's just it's a it's a major part of this job, and it's even on the freaking SU five weapon. I, I want that weapon to be useful. Yeah, in if they some if way. they adjust a chain affinity, it could definitely be useful because they adjusted yeah. all these weapon skills. They should really go back and evaluate job abilities. I think honestly, if I got no update for three months in a row, so they could update and evaluate job abilities, I would take that in a heartbeat because. They're just never, it's been years. They're just never going to fix these job abilities that I think and should be adjusted. Eflux is a three minute recast. That should be a one minute recast at this point. For If, if it didn't yep. change in power, then it should, it should stay the same because you can't apply this to an NM when you're fighting it. I mean, honestly, serious burst affinity should also be one minute. Like all of this stuff should be one minute. Like it's, it's not, it's not game breaking enough to be in like five minutes. If, if you think about what abilities are on like five minute timers, it's like a sentinel and, uh, God, what else? Killer instincts. Like those are big moves. So yeah, like these are like huge moves. Whereas this one here, it's like I get to use a blue magic spell as a weapon skill. 
Honestly, still, once. if I had to take one ability to change on blue, and that's a secret blue mage episode, if I had one ability to change, I still go back to that one hour because they changed in the past before the one hour was. What, Azura Lore? Yeah, they changed it in the 99 eye level era. I really like Azura Lore when I magic burst. Yes, that's that's all. originally that was the draw because it's like know, chain spell magic bursting. It's but, gross. Yeah, but how many magic bursts can you get off in thirty fucking seconds? Um, they change it so that you can skill chain blue magic, like chain affinity is permanently active with it, so you can skill chain it. Before it was just the bonus was active, but you didn't get the skill chain. They change it so you can skill chain. So being able to not lose TP on chain affinity while opening or closing or doing a multi step skill chain. Or just even back in the day when blue magic was a stronger compared to what it is today versus your weapon skill damage and, and DPS output, it was a super big boost when it first came mm -hmm. out. And like the, when Tenzin was a brand new battlefield, it came out. Um, that was really cool. But I, I wish it would just last longer so I could make skill change with myself. Yeah, lasting longer. I, I can agree with that part. I think it's fine for what it does, but lasting longer for sure. Because you have, like, Puppet Masters with Overdrive, right? Like, that that's pretty huge. Like, Overdrive is a pretty huge a pretty It's huge been one easily out. the most broken one forever. Yeah, for real. Compared to, and, you know, I mean, what are you going to compare to in Brava back in the day? I mean... Yeah, and it's coming from what's basically an unlimited resource as well. Like, that pup, that, that puppet, as long as you keep it alive, will be fine. But blue mages have to actually use their MP when they're using this also. It gets to stay so, alive during that because when you're overdriving the frog, yeah, you're overdriving with triple, Mana triple light. three and four, and you have that extra magic. I, I When I go and I do fire, light, and uh, and water, and when for those who don't play pup, oh, when you do overdrive, oh. because the, the pup will die to magic and stuff otherwise. Yeah, I think you're just explaining what I meant. Is like yeah, when you have that single light. Yeah, for those who don't play pup, overdrive triples the effect of every maneuver. So having three maneuvers, you doesn't give you more than three. So it effectively makes everything at its highest tier for the three you choose. And since optic fiber it enhances the benefits of all attachments, you're at three light and three water. You're getting this ridiculous magic defense bonus on puppet. So um, even if you didn't have water on, you're still getting a higher one if you just had it on. So that also makes you know this infinite resource now is more hardy and will not die so you're you're capping this ridiculous regen this ridiculous uh pdt just all these other things on puppet that you know keep it alive so on top of that it, you know that it just doesn't die and it lasts yeah. for over three minutes and you just do ridiculous like when you when you're getting jp even as an inexperienced pup and throw on overdrive with the right attachments just fight something your accurate ballistas are just just raping these mm -hmm. these JP mobs and just you're seeing the the puppet run around getting TP really quick because of all the you know when you're using extra fires the inhibitors giving you super extra TP gain you just run around blasting stuff and when you apply it to NMs it's the same thing so it's always been and powerful we, and when you look at all of these like three minute one hours too like if you compare them um, you have like astral flow which does crazy things to the stats of your avatars um, which can you later. end up with yeah um, you end up with uh, I just just had it in my brain. It was um, Beastmasters. Soul bad. voice. Soul voice. Oh yeah, soul voice. Soul voice. Yeah. And it's Bravo? actually last a while. Mean, yeah, Tabula Rasa. Tabula Rasa. Like, is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of people don't re realize that Tabula Rasa actually lets you use all of your magic at the same time at full potency, um, full skill potency, and everything. So, yeah, a lot of times people just use Tabula Rasa to make skill change or something, which is like sad um the, it, it buffs your regen like a lot of people don't know that it buffs regen on top of giving you embrava like you get like a 165 a take regen before any kind of augments um that other people can throw in there like yeah if you look at all of these like three minute one hours now impactful they can be towards a fight um 
giving a blue mage access to something and still having it deal with its resource management uh, for three minutes would be perfectly fine. Like I, I think that uh, yeah, blue and dragoon surface level are the two yeah. one hours I always every episode go on about those two one hours. I mean, maybe because I don't play the other jobs, like an eagle eye shot would be. <laughs> I don't know if we want to compete for who's the worst one hour here. Eagle eye shot might get it, but yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, that's that inherently from a design standpoint is probably the worst one hour you could conceive in a game where content is being added and changing gear is being added and changing jobs being adjusted. Why would you add an ability that's instantly a lot of damage that has to constantly be rebalanced through the game that you would never rebalance? Well, SC is fulfilling our need with Eagle Eye Shot for the, um, the ability to use a, a bitches love cannons uh, <laughs> macro. Because if you don't have that, your Eagle Eye Shot is less effective. That's, that's for everyone out there who's a ranger. You know? Bitches love cannons. Oh, yeah. Get that bitch a cannon because bitches love cannons. <laughs> it's so good, dude. <laughs> Yeah, bolsters three minutes long. Shit. And, and you know, we talk about the duration. Uh, eagle eye shots zero seconds long. So. <laughs> zero seconds. I and mean, it, it might I mean, do as much as a weapon skill. How can we complain about 30 seconds when we get zero seconds on Ranger? Right. Overkill seems like a lot better of a one hour for Ranger. It than, is. Yeah. Than <laughs> Overkill's very good. But oh, uh, please. Well, you know, we keep talking about these job adjustments that are coming out. I think they're capturing the popular imagination so much at this point, even in our conversations, and we're more modest when we talk about things I, I can't i can't see these addressing all the problems we have i don't think job point adjustments or anything job adjustments are going to fix eagle eye shot it no, was so good i, I hope 30 and promies i just really hope that it's like it's narrow like you can pick between one to five jobs for it and then i hope it's something that just makes that job feel broken because and they give us content of course that More this so matters good yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, of course, it has to come with matching content because we don't need to get any stronger. That's part of the message I like to deliver is like, we're strong enough. But um, if they do that, though, and make us specialize in specific jobs, because it seems like Odyssey was kind of designed to make us specialized in things because we have to go in without our sub jobs and have setups for three mobs in a row in order to get, you know, the best farm. And it really makes us seem like we got to be specialized on these jobs going in to fight this awful content. And I say awful in the sense of, um, you know, difficult, difficulty wise. Um, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. So so there's these mobs that do these terrible things to you and, you know, they'll tie you to the radiator. And um, the the thing what is, reference is that that's not like black snake moan or something. Oh, what? that's that's white as kids, you know, white uh, as kids you know. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. I think the the, the dude, the, the main dude from that died recently. But um, yeah, why as kids you know it's one of their um, it's one of their signature skits skits with the grape whistle. I'm not familiar with it. Oh yeah, it's a it's an interesting commercial ad thing. Yeah, it's I funny. mean, last time we did a podcast with the Nero, Norm Macdonald died. But I mean, uh, I don't even, <laughs> I don't really remember the guy's name. Uh, my my buddy uh, told me about it. Uh, my buddy from Texas told me about it, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, that stuff was kind of funny when I was a teenager. <laughs> and that's about as far as the conversation went. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so, you I might mean, as well set the Goonies holds up. Right. But, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping it lets us specialize further because it, it seems to put an emphasis on us playing the jobs themselves very specifically to their strengths. It's encouraging that we're going into this job adjustment that they talked about that I know players, including our conversation, are running with 
in a way that sounds uh, more deep or more meaningful or more impactful than it's probably going to be. So, uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah. curb your enthusiasm, folks. Um, but it's it, always curbed. <laughs> it's curb stomped. So it's always encouraging that going into that, the content they released that their mind was focused on, probably at the same time they were considering this job adjustment based on how long it takes them to do this shit. Uh, it's encouraging that it was Odyssey and and how it focuses in specializing in jobs and tactics and narrowing the focus of things to make jobs stand out. It's encouraging that they're talking about adjusting jobs in that blends in context, which is, this is, you know, for everything Odyssey is, it's, it's universal in the way they've never had content applied like this, in my opinion. So it's super encouraging that they're going into that in that, in that way. So I'm very hopeful based on that alone. I mean, I don't expect much, but what I do expect, because they could do whatever they want and how they apply it can be super disappointing, even well, if it's greater than it would have been otherwise. So it has to be applied in the right way. And I think going into that way will we, apply it the right way. Do we know what, what the reasoning was behind raising the uh, the, the level pen, level difference penalty in, in some of the zones was recently? I thought it was for, for, for surgeons. Yeah, for, for it should be for enmity for... For like specific mobs that we're going to so fight. To my though, memory, but in, the adjustment was in the UNM zones for Saramea, Shedu, um, maybe not. Oh, tall. it, I, it was, was it was those zones, those those higher UNM zones is what they adjusted. Only in those zones, the Emity and from level adjustment. Oh, so it's UNM related. Yeah, I think it was UNM related, but it was definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, was, I obviously didn't look into it. Definitely so. Saramea and Shedu in those ones. So. Oh, I was getting more excited for them, like yeah. releasing different kinds of mobs in older zones. And let me tell you, you know, as much as I like to to wax poetic about this game, and as as long as this has been probably the fastest mythic I've ever done on Thief, because I'm gonna get back in the secret Thief episode here for a minute. <laughs> um, running around those zones and just I don't listen to the music much, but like when I go to Idaho Subterrain or something to to get the pure blood, because uh, Vajra is that path with um. The Dracula asshole uh, Nosferatu, I believe they have his name is in the game in that part. Uh, just hearing the music in Idawa is like the 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 TOAU soundtrack in general is super well done. It might be the best soundtrack in my opinion in the game. Those uh, zones in the game and stuff, uh, as good as some other ones are. Like you know how much can you hear bagpipes and Sandy, but they're still nice. Dynadi, um, <laughs> um, just running through that zone. Dynadi's got some bangers. Which one? Uh, Dynamis Divergence has a uh, oh. pretty pretty nice bangers. Yeah, man, for two hours you can listen to you know. Well, no, no. Original Dynamis was was Tones.Wav, but like yeah. the new Dynamis <laughs> Divergence, I think that is. Uh, Dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's so true. Yeah, man. But I think the new ones uh, actually have pretty decent music. Like I don't play with the game sound on. I think I listen to Bass. It, it is. It is by comparison, surprised. it's better. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, dropping pots and pans down uh, the fucking on the fucking stairs would be better. Uh, you know, if I fell on the fucking stairs in slow motion, it would sound better than uh uh. Just the the lack of actual like things you can call music, especially in like some of the longer ones back then. Like <laughs> to take this to a secret nostalgia part two episode of like Dynamis Bucidine, for example. Man, I mean, I, I appreciated when it kind of faded out when the people stopped groaning like a mummy. Uh, I, let's call it um, uh, Monotone Monastery Dot Live. 
So it, yeah, it's like a monastery yeah. of monotone monks, which is great alliteration. Um, it's just going, uh, and it beflagellants, if you will, like a Monty Python, just beating themselves with a board instead of, you know, a cat of nine tails. Yeah. And then it like, it drops into like some sort of, uh, like almost, almost trumpets plus like timpani drums or something. Yes. Like, <laughs> and then it goes back to tone saw wav again. So, <laughs> yes. I don't know. And then it, it, it kind of quiets down to dun, 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 dun. and then it goes like starts over again. Secret music episode. Yeah. Were we, yeah. Were, were we acapella for our, for our listeners? Yes. Play them off. Um, uh, but yes, going through those zones. <laughs> tones dot wow. That's 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 a, that's a good one. Um, going through those zones and just you know. I, I've got to go through again to farm. I have to do three tinning kills next, and that's that's going to be an ordeal. I, I just went and got tons of of zenny and stuff. Hopefully, I'm going to see how much it was in one trip. Hopefully, it's plenty. I know I'm going to do another trip at least, but hopefully, I don't have to do three because that's it takes a lot of time because you have thirty. It's one minute for the the twelve, but you're you're waiting on thirty second recast for the forty eight on the soul trap or two thousand anyway. So you're talking at least twenty four minutes if you do it perfectly. Of um, just sitting there taking pictures of a mob for for yeah, thirty minutes. Pictures thirty is minutes. My least favorite thing. It's my least yes. favorite thing in the game is taking pictures. So aside from that, just kind of just running through those zones until you go and, and break your immersion on the mount music. Which uh, someone yeah. for the fiftieth time, please go make a Reddit post about how you turn mount music off because you hate it. Um, just it, it's kind of nice to run through those zones and see things, and it's, it, it's just there's something special about the TOAU zones that's nice to experience again. If I I'm to... still a ways off of uh, finishing Karn, so let me know because I have like 46k as any. That's yeah enough for like a, a mob or two, like a full climb or whatever. It, you know, and while yeah, you're maybe. while you're getting your pop items and stuff, when you're fighting those you know tier ones, tier twos, it doesn't hurt to take a bullshit uh, two. What's they called? Two jetting camera. And just uh, take pictures for it's like 300, 400, maybe if it's lower HP, 500 Zenny on a tier one, two, etc. Especially for Tinnin when you're waiting forever. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Well, yeah, yeah well, yeah, you can you can get uh, you know thousands of Zenny while you're getting your points still, so you can double up and double dip there. It's not the same as getting like the over a thousand per kill on a null or something. You no, know, that makes a lot of sense on a Tinnin. Yes, yes, ten especially. Carrot told me that. You know, thankfully, Carrot informs me about how not yeah, to be really stupid. Smart. Yeah, and just, I did it on the uh, on tier ones and twos, and it was still worth several hundred per photo. Which I'm if I get two photos per mob, it means at the end of the world to get you know thousands of extra points while I'm doing a run. That's not bad. Well, you know, you don't need your range and ammo slot for them, so yeah, you don't need shit for them. Yeah. I do it to finish. I, I when I go, I this is the second time now I did Konkan as well, where I've gone into my sandbox. If you go to users colon space spicy run on BG and go to my sandbox, uh, my workbench three. So if you go to my main page there, and it's, I have a I have a actual nav box I've built. My I have a Zenny thing there that's like seventy percent done. I've never finished for a year now. That I I keep using myself personally, where it has. Uh, the mobs, the pop items, the items they give, and the fastest way to get to them. So whether it's uh, a Void Watch warp or a Book warp or a Unity warp or, uh, you know, I guess those kind of... Yeah, that's it. just the resource on BG, right? Yeah, it's in my workbench yeah, to I right that. now, I believe. And I've been using that. I have to finish that. Every time I make one of these mythics or every time I quit a job, I have to say, hey, I have more time now. So... No. But hopefully I finish that one day. But if you are doing that, maybe you want to use that resource too, because you said you're working your car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't get serious about a mythic until I've I don't either. 
until I've gotten like half of the Alexandrite specifically from Ambuscade, and then I'll go through and I'll buy the rest of the Alexandrite, and then I'll go through and and hardcore, or I'll have the guild to do to buy the rest of everything. I'll farm it up, and then I'll put it in the box in the Mog Garden, and then I'll farm up the rest of my tokens well, and, you use that and then box? I'll pull it out of the box. Yeah, I, I I use the box because I'm really irresponsible with my guild in game. Um, I almost always am at like perpetually five mil because wow. I, uh, I I I buy things for all of these jobs. Like all of these jobs have, have shit. <laughs> like it, it, you don't just like gear them out of you know hopes and dreams. I guess I'm more fiscally responsible and have a better fiduciary sense um, because I bought that sixty five million uh, Imperium on my uh, floppy seconds mule, which had about ninety mil, eighty five mil. My squishy oh. one has maybe another, what, 20 mil? But my white sky mage has another 100 Everything. mil. And I just did a, a mythic and my spicy's got over 200 mil. So Everything I buy, though, is um, is specifically useful and, and not really replaceable. Um, so it's like you buy like K-Cost plus one, for example. Like, that's going to be your best cure gear. I'm just using it as an example. You know, Merlinic plus well, yeah, one. Yeah, you're, you're min-maxing all these jobs. I'm not. So, yeah. like, I, like went, I, I have like five times more jobs to expend. So, so, what is it per stack? I think it's like 11 mil per stack of detritus. I just saved 66 mil there alone. So, if I was buying stuff at the rate that people buy, if I bought those six stacks of detritus, I'd be broke as a joke, too. So, oh, I don't buy detritus. Well, I don't have a single general, R15 one. I'm comparing detritus yeah. to you min-maxing all your jobs costs a lot of money. Your plus one next, oh, sure. you know, it's a lot more next than I have. Even if there were plus two, you know, your plus one next times, you know, five times the jobs is still more money. And then also, I don't sell like as much detritus as I've made it sound like I've sold before. Because like I used to talk about farming tribes for Gil. Like I'll, I'll do that if I need to like finish a weapon or something, but uh, like like finish it stage, like the the rock stage or whatever. The rock stage. But, like I, yeah, I have like thirty remas, but they're all like rank eight. <laughs> Are you talking about Tetsu or something or, or no? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about like the Tetsu boulders. You said rocks, I wasn't... Yeah, yeah, the rocks that you throw in there. The yeah. rocks. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? I can. It's a bird gang right now. And as I said last episode, it doesn't matter what the rock's cooking. It doesn't matter what he said. But yeah, like, I, I just like spread everything out too thin, and that's just another reason why you don't level this yeah, many jobs. That, that's it's also, just not necessary. That's a mistake a lot of new players make, is spreading everything out super thin. So it's always like, you know, they... they not only do they spread things out too thin by doing all these different jobs I think are popular, White Mage, Geo, Summoner, all this other bullshit they're trying to use, Paladin, something else. They, they have too many jobs with no gear, no job points, no nothing, no sense, no no, no home. Chayula yell here for 1,999 Gil, who is a person, a, a Sura <laughs> server, who used to shout that if no one knows what I'm talking about. Um, You know, you get spread super thin there, and then they try to make a weapon with no armor on top of it. So it's the same kind of premise, just uh more capably and responsibly handled down but still some of the same watery results i guess yeah like i'll go in and i'll do like an omen farm because i like to do four in a row on like the weekends and stuff and then just get as just huge chunks of detritus all at once and i'll be like yeah i you know i'll get like 38 detritus and i'll be like cool you know just another like weekend or two and i'll have like close to a stack if not a stack yay and then like over the course of that following week, I'll look at that detritus, then I'll like look at one of my weapons, and I'll go, but I could put a rank in this. Yes, I do that too, because and you get to a point. Happens. It's really quick to a point, and then you get to rank 11, and it's 65. And that's <laughs> yeah, it gets gross. 65, if I'm making maybe 10 a run, you're talking a solid week of doing uh, you know, farming 
omen for detritus. That's that's you know it may only be sixty five, but that's it may only cost yeah, less than you know eleven mil there. But that's you know that's that's still a big it's chunk. It's not of, bad, but if that's your income, then it is bad. And for anyone who's yeah. new, this is probably the ultimate reason to own Blue Mage if you're going to be a terrible bandwagon piece of shit Blue Mage who doesn't care about the job, don't level it. But if you don't have a lot of time. I would say having Blue Mage for farming detritus is probably the highest impact reward for your time. You know, even if you took 15 or 20 minutes, uh, if you don't have much time to play, making those 20 minutes into building up cards you can trade for the jobs in the future. Because I have countless stacks I have to trade in for something, some job. I'm just going to start making gear plus two for a different job and putting in a porter slip at this point because I have so many cards that I just, I don't want to drop them. So, you know, that's you get that on top of because you don't have to wait for a card campaign. If you're getting cards, you can trade away. It's only it's 10 to 1, but if your goal is to eventually have a plus 2 ready for a different job, you might want to play one day, say Beastmaster or something. Uh, it, it's good to do that. It's, it's high impact money and sparks and other things for your time. If you don't play much, then, you know, it's a great way to use your time. You also really want to look at, like, what weapons you want to rank 15 because there's some that it doesn't really matter as much on. Like, uh, again, with Beast, right? If you make an Aimer, well, you're making an Aimer because for the same reasons you would make a Nirvana, um, but you don't actually have as much pressure to R15 and even though there's almost no pressure to R15 and Nirvana either. Well, it's just a magic act. Yeah, but it's also physical accuracy 30, but wouldn't you uh, Primal Rend? <laughs> is there not a place for Primal Rend or is only Cloud Splitter? Yeah, there is, but Primal Rend is a magic weapon skill, so you're not getting anything from the damage bonus on the uh, base damage. And you're only getting, like, I think it's like 10 or 15%. Yeah, I think uh, from, it's 15% from the rest of it. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you'll, you'll have no, it, it's it's substantial, but for the situations where you would use Primal Rend, um, it's not going to carry you in that context. And I think it's so also it's, fair it's to just not as it's only fair to call it 10% because you can get to R5 very easily in a weapon and just stop right there. There's, you know, like my sequence is even like R4 or something and my, my anus is my anus is bleeding. My uh, Aeneas anus. My anus, as I always call it, is like R4 or 5, because why not? It's easy to do, and uh, Aeneas is actually still a very good dagger. I would Eventually, I want to R15 Aeneas, uh, because it also, if you're making the most... There's no reason not to. If you're making the most of the thief, you can still get good skill chains out of using Aeneas to make, you know... It, it depends on the context in which you're applying thief to. Skill chain damage, let's say, for this ambuscade, I would use Aeneas and try, you know, I talked about Dragoon. Maybe I go in there on Thief and try to, uh, try to do the same thing. You know, the, the, <sighs> Exenerator has FTP transfer. So I wonder what it would be like at attack cap, um, using like Galetti's for, you know, Exenerator, see if it could actually become good at some point. Mm. But I, in almost all situations, I would rather just use Shark Fight. Because Thief now has, I have to, I actually don't have this back piece. I've wanted it and I've never bothered to get it. But now that I'm working on Thief again, I'm definitely going to try to go get it. Is uh, the skill chain, weapon skill damage, strength, whatever back piece, like, like plus five decks and stuff. It's not a lot, but it's a good combination of both, like 7% weapon skill damage, something like Are that. Are you talking about the one that you get off of Alexander? Yes, from Alexander. Yeah. That's because okay. Thief doesn't get other options. Before Nayame, it had very limited skill chain options. But now with Nayame gear, on top of that, with uh, Aeneas, Thief has a great opportunity to make multi-step skill chains with itself. So I, I want to get that back piece, and I already have the, the Dragoon code that, that kind of... It doesn't work great, but it works for all intents and purposes for multi-step skill chaining. 
uh, based on if nine seconds have passed, uh, take off the gear. If not nine seconds have passed, keep gear on for skill chaining if the mode's yeah, on. And, so. and depending on the content, um, that skill chain damage is a bonus you know you're going to receive over like a multi attack chance, you mm -hmm. know? So, like, if you're using that back instead of like a double attack plus 10% back, you're probably going to get more out of it if your end goal is to do skill chain damage, not your physical damage. So, yeah, that makes sense. And plus, Naomi as a 5 of 5 set wouldn't get you there anyway. Um, you'd still need extra skill chain damage pieces, and you wouldn't even use that set in conjunction with um, in conjunction with something like Exenerator or an FTP transfer weapon skill anyway, unless you were on like Path A and, and capped. But nobody is Path A, and nobody. Well, you is don't path. have to as well for Thief with Umbra because you open with Exenerator, and then the, my rule doesn't put it on until you've done a weapon skill after you know, and then the nine seconds applies for the the game clock. Oh, Exenerator, so, Rudra's so, Yeah, Rudra. so if you're doing Radiance, it's Rudra's to Mandalic to Exenerator to Exenerator, which is why it's so weak for Radiance. You can do it, but it's pretty weak. Because Exenerator is a really, really weak weapon skill. It's like the physical equivalent of... Um, Chance of, of Blindness. Of Requiscot in terms of damage. Yeah, it, it's on a TP bonus weapon, but it's Chance of Blindness is affected by TP. It's, it feels so bad. Yeah, so we'll talk about Zenerator here for a second. So it's an, an agility modifier. That's that's okay for Thief, but not ideal. I mean, you do get good agility in the job, so it, it could be worse. It's not like it's a charisma modifier, like Dancing Edge. Uh, it's a fourfold attack that you know decreases target's accuracy with TP. It's a one It's a one point zero FTP modifier, and uh, you know it's it's replicating and everything, but. It's just the FTP is really low on this weapon skill is why it's, it's so real bad. low. Yeah, so it's 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 just it doesn't crit like CDC or anything. So it's just it's just low. It's a four technically, assuming all hits land. Well, sorry, a five because you're always gonna have an offhand. Um, but all those hits have to land, so it's like really modal. So that's why it feels strange because you don't always hit all your hits. And when you have that many hits, like your accuracy cap gets lower and lower and lower as you go. As people who do like resolution understand. Um, so like if you have more multi hit chances on there, it could spike really high and it gets really cool when it comes to like Fodia equipment, but it likely isn't ever going to be there with any kind of real consistency is the problem. But, uh, you know, in the past, Aeneas was super good before R15 because of how the TP bonus was great for feeding the beast of, uh, Rudra Storm, which it does. And that's, I have literally feed the beast in the guide and it's still in an R15 world, still super powerful. Still, if you apply it in the right context, can still be an awesome dagger. Uh, I'm not going to say which is the best or not because at that point it's close really enough. Doesn't really, doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's high base, higher damage on the ones that it's you know it's got store TP. It's got everything the thief needs on top of it because store TP is super important for a low delay, high multi attack job like thief in that slot. So it, you know, it's a lot of things working together to form a good combination. But the Umber skill chain for thief now in R15 world. So it boosts its generator, which is the least, you know, it needs the most boost out of everything going on there. So now we're in a Secret Thief episode again. So for Umbra for Thief, it's all the things you'd want it to be. It's it's It reminds me of a Dragoon skill chain for Umbra for how powerful this is, uh, except um, instead of Sonic Thrust, um, you're working with Evisceration here, which is still pretty good. So it opens up with a generator to Rudra Storm for Distortion to Evisceration to Dark, and then Rudra Storm again for Dark. So that's a powerful skill chain sequence for Umbra for Thief. So for all this uh, uh, Twashtar and TP bonus and, and don't look back, I guarantee you that skill chain is raping. So there's it's no reason to... true, not. because you don't have to close with Exenerator. So that yes. Is kind of nice. yes, you're opening and that's it. Yeah. 
And on top of Thief being a job that's evading, if you're solo on Thief, getting an extra 20 evasion for nothing with a generator is not, not bad either, so... Yeah, I really need to start using my Aeneas more when uh, when I'm on Dancer because like, like I I mostly just use um, Tarret and Call Today Tarret Galettes. Well, for something like but... Divergence, yeah, you would do that because you don't no matter what your buffs are or anything, and you can go out and do that and you'll kill the mobs and that's it. But for fighting like an Ambuscade solo in this context here, this is absolutely kind of the maybe the ideal dagger absolutely you'd want yeah. to throw at it. So yeah, for sure. It's funny how it comes full circle like that. Well, I also used to do a lot of uh, like Aeneas Senevende stuff. But honestly, I don't really like the Senevende on, on dual wheel jobs that attack that quickly. It, it's kind of hard when you're operating with a low delay, high multi attack yeah. job that gets TP, especially with Samurai Roll. Yeah, I just want to make the most out of that 1500 bonus without kind of. Because you also have your earrings, so you have a 1250 gap there to gain. And it, it's kind of diminishing returns a bit after at 2000 there. So it, it's, it, it's on a spreadsheet paper, you could really keep up and do great damage. But in practicality, I don't think it's really. It's not you, worth you the can weapon skill with the consistency of a robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not worth the accuracy hit a lot of time too. So, no. better for Twashtar, and that's why Twashtar is favored upon. But it uh, Twashtar is kind of like the uh, the ape brain weapon there for Thief, and it's not. It, it's good. I like it. I have one. Uh, it's rank twelve. I want to finish at the fifteen as well. But uh, you know, it's it, there's a place for all these things, and I guarantee you. If people that are wasting time in AM3 for Tawashtar are also doing it wrong because AM2, which you should have no problem hitting for a weapon skill you're going for 2,000 TP, just one more attack round, you got it, is what you should be riding. You shouldn't be wasting time getting AM3 on that dagger. Yeah, that makes sense. You attack so frequently that... You know, yeah, I'm sure and your white triple, damage is not high. Yeah, triple is better. Yeah, but exactly. That's that's actually my, my reasoning for never getting... I, I'm probably never going to get a Kanagi on Ninja. It's for the exact same reason. Like, there, there's just no point. Like, the weapon skills attached to is, is ass, and the white damage you use, it'll never be good. Yeah, Thief's um, lucky, because the 50 decks and a great weapon skill on that dagger, so... Yeah, exactly. Like, Ninja ninja gets agility, and, like, nobody cares. You know, that kind of reminds me of um, Gugnir's um, Gear Skogel having yeah. uh, agility modifier before they made it eventually dex, which is not ideal, especially for Dragoon. Especially for a heavy DD job, doesn't get great dex gear like a light one does. They they make that clear distinction in gear having lower dex for heavy DD jobs. But at least it's not agility. So I mean, maybe Ninja will get that treatment. Maybe they'll make it like uh, uh, instead of agility, maybe it'll be like vitality or or something stupid. That's at least <laughs> I mean, agility is probably better for Ninja because the light DD gear there. Vitality is for heavy jobs. Uh, but uh, maybe they'll make it dex and you'll be happy. Maybe I mean even like for ninja, I imagine strength is less of a an ample item than dex. So maybe make it strength would be the equivalent of agility to dex for Dragoon. Strength would be really interesting, actually. I'd be I'd be a lot more thrilled with it if it were strength. That's for yeah. sure. But um, yeah, like agility, like the only thing agility is going to be good for is like if you're taking damage without shadows on, you're feeding less TP, I guess, and you get like a slight evasion bonus. A slight but, evasion yeah. bonus. Yeah, but agility is is not during a fractional yeah. window. Yeah, like maybe if maybe if Ninja could also use like Fomal Hot, <laughs> I could see that being a really cool combo with that. But no, it's not. Uh, like agility just does nothing, and and Kanagis are pretty bad. But yeah, I can't. I I can justify the use of a lot of weapons, but there's no reason to use a Kanagi ever when you have a Kakoku. I like how Kakoku has held on for all this time for Ninja. Yeah, well, I want relics to hold on, honestly, because they at least do something interesting. Yeah, 
yeah, like, like a lot of times these relics do something really cool for the job. It doesn't mean it's useful, but it means it's cool. And, you know, if, if they ever get a buff, like, I'll be really happy to have as many relics as I do, that's for sure. Name another relic that's held up like Kikoku has. Annihilator. Okay. There you go. I was going to say... Yellow yeah, horn, but that's cheating. I wasn't I wasn't thinking of non-shield, non-horn. Yeah. So, I guess Annihilator... Well, actually, the shield hasn't even held up very well. Uh, yeah, but I mean, for what, well, it, like fights. for what it always was for, for magic damage, after they raised the eye level for it... Uh, and made it a distinctly a magic shield for what it was for. It's still held up for that because that's what it's for, but you're correct. It is not held up like it used to. Nah. Uh, outside like, of I, Annihilator. I can try to like shoehorn in other ones. Like I personally really like Safari, but obviously on, on most calculations, Safari doesn't hold up damage bias. Yeah. But Safari we talked about before when we covered, covered Monk, right? We t- well, it was in Relics we talked well, about so far. We went into Henwin, and I, like, af- after you left the group, we went into Henwin, and I had to go Monk, and we put Hiding on Pup, right? Because I, I just fail at Pup. It's just what it is. I don't know yeah. why, because that should be the thing you're good at with tinkering, and, and we talked about think, we talked about how you're only missing I'm one capacity bad. by missing not 1,200, so I was confused how you're having, personally, you especially, having trouble with that. I'm just, I'm just bad. I don't I know. I don't get it. So... So I went on Monk and he was on Pup, but um, but he uh, he just didn't DD at all. Like he's just doing straight Pup things. And we actually beat our previous record, which was really cool. It made me feel really good about my Monk. Oh, but wow. we did not do it on the round when I used Safari because I thought I was going to pull Hate. So I was like, sure, I'll use Safari. Yeah, apparently if you pull Hate and you're using Safari on Henwin, you still die. Yeah, um, spoilers. Because it's also counter damage. On yeah, this. it's ter- yes. terrible. It's a huge uh, then- counter damage boost. But then I slept on God Hands and I started like slapping the thing for like 43k damage Howling Fists. And it got really mad at that too. So I had to kind of like tone back. But like comparing the two, I was doing like 9k Final Heavens and like maybe like 11k Victory Smites. Like they were like super average weapon skills on this thing. They were kind of really underwhelming because 43k to 9 and 11k, that's, you know, you're doing four and a half times damage there. I mean, yeah. And I mean, 40k, 3k is like the spike, right? Um, I was doing like solid 33k damage with Halloween. So so about four k on four times on average that's still a huge that i mean it's imagine huge. doing four weapon skills in a moment of one one moment you know that's that's a huge difference yeah so i mean i couldn't end up justifying safari in this fight because you know as much as i love it it doesn't mean it's always the best choice and it clearly didn't have a, a great reason to be used here yeah because you can't so. counter something countering you exactly yeah yeah so <laughs> that's probably the worst fight to apply it to honestly but it's, it's a novel attempt but it's probably the worst fight to apply it on well i wasn't sure because i don't know it's like, countering we, we you so it's not like yeah, yeah. I, I i thought i thought it was going like i was going to be swinging less into it but apparently that is not the case and it, it was it was pretty bad when it so did hyden do better on pup or uh well I mean Hayden held hate as best he could but uh, honestly like Howling Fist is the way to go for sure was I really that like, I would not use... uh, you did fine but I mean he was using Verithrogna and I don't think Verithrogna is what you want no, to use no it's not no, no I think that's a God Hands mob for sure yeah if I didn't have Kinkonkin which I think is the best thing for the for that groups when we do that setup we don't have all the buffs it's a it's a three run setup for those who aren't following with us every episode um. Where by that time we have maybe haste, maybe Justin Brava, a super low buff, maybe there's a dancer, maybe we just only have like a Beastmaster using the slug at that point in a three yeah, times. We don't farm. even have that now. Oh, ooh. so you like maybe no, our, our setup summoner buffs. Our, 
yeah, our setup now is Pup Monk, Blue Mage, uh, Summoner. Blue's good for that fight. Um, I put a Geo in the fight, and that should probably be a Beastmaster instead for the attack down. Yes, I would have taken And that. then um, Ninja. The still. attack down so, helps a lot for the Puppet, too, keep in mind. So the important thing for the people listening, like rattling off those jobs, right, is that you get some attack buffs, but you are not attack cap. So you like the the fight can kind of drag a little bit because you also have issues with um, with being at haste cap as well because you're you're not really getting haste cap. In fact, that's actually why I put the geo in there so he could do uh, indie haste. So we have indie haste plus haste Katu from the summoner. You might be in favorable god hands over King Konkin territory. You're bordering it at that point between oh yeah geo uh, yeah, and, that, yeah that's that's absolutely what I was what I was trying to to illustrate there is that if I'm like slapping that thing for like thirty to forty k damage with. With Howling Fist, you might as well just use Howling Fist. I, I also like the fact that in that role of the puppet trying to keep hate, King Konkin making an attack extra times is still over the fight extra hate, so... Yeah. I don't sure. know how much, but it's still... I know it's contributing in some way, so... Yeah, and, and I wouldn't change that part of it at all. Like, I, yeah. I honestly think the pup is fine meleeing. It, it, it's just... It, Hayden feels more comfortable just doing regular just pup stuff. Yeah. And, and I don't think he has a King Konkin. Well, yeah, no, I wouldn't. That's not something most people have. I just, yeah, I feel really good to have it. I I love running around. Like Pup is my ultimate nostalgia job. I get to run around in Palawan gear. I didn't have all the Palawan pieces at seventy five. By the time the cap went up, I had the pants, which took a lot of yelling and shout groups. I mean, it's shout group at the time. There's no yelling. <laughs> a lot of shout groups to get the pants. I had the body, which I remember. I think the body comes from. Oh, let me check really quick because. I don't, want to, I don't want to say this incorrectly because I said enough incorrect things tonight. Right. I want to say, want to say the golden salvage is the head, but... Yeah, but that, that should have been easy enough to get. Yes, because... You should be able to solo that as a pup. Yeah, nostalgia, we're going to go there. If I scroll to the bottom of this page... <laughs> but yeah, while you're looking for that, there's a lot of people who... It's the feet. Like, the feet are what I had because Periqua is the golden salvage and that's the crack out. So I had the body, the hands, the legs, um, these aren't hard pieces to get back in the either, but I never had the head. I never did all the, um, like the, the Mamaljot training grounds was the Palawan pants, which was hard enough because to get a group to do that, everyone was doing red versus blue back in the day, which would have been, uh, I think the head, what was the what red versus blue in? Red versus blue is like, it's either a zoo for Lojuan Sanctum. It's in Lojuan Sanctum, which is the head. Yeah. So I didn't join those runs for that because, you know, I'm a pup. First blue, but yeah. I, <laughs> that was the one everyone farmed for assault points or uh, for uh, salvage points. But I didn't even have the full set. So blue is my ultimate nostalgia job because now I have, instead of four out of five, uh, I don't even know if I had the, the feet. I had the body. Explains why you're wearing the Palawan. Yeah, yeah, I was like Palawan was a huge thing for me. First of all, they've not made a set that looks like Palawan. So I think Palawan actually looks pretty swell. As far as uh, TOAU goes, which is when I started, so it's always my thing. And Carrot teases me for calling me TOAU in a, in a mocking manner. Uh, but also, nothing looks like the Palawan gear. So that, on top of King Konkin, is like, ultimately, I'm uh, living my dream of always being the puppet master I wanted to be or or just enjoying the game in the ways I've always wanted to. So Yeah, that's pretty sweet, too. Like, I wish I had a King Konkin. Like, I think I would take a pup a lot more seriously if I did, but... That's one of those situations where I think I should be better at the job first and before you I really, try to get on that road. You really don't need it. So I mean, oh, I know for for Odyssey, it's come uniquely in in hand. There, I mean, it's been very useful in that way. But outside of Odyssey, 
Um, King Konkin before uh, R15 was better than it is now. Of course, it's like when we watched uh, you and I many moons ago, the Puppet Master with YouTube we talked about where the guy took either a Bard or a Geo Dual Box and did all of the Tier 4 Ryzen Jima Helms. Yeah. Uh, that was up, uh, King Konkin based, and that was super cool. And King Konkin might even be better in terms of providing uh, the Valoreg Puppet against Vinapada, the extra multi-attack hits for uh, Bone Crusher is FTP transfer, I believe. So I think mm -hmm. multi-hit spikes higher for Bone Crusher than SU5 would. So in that case, you might need slash much more benefit from King Konkin there. But outside of that, uh, those kind of fights where you apply King Konkin or under buff situations, uh, most things you would attack as a pup, God Hands uh, or just Oedis, if you're just using pup strategies, uh, those would probably be your optimal weapons in general. So, I mean, most, like, yeah. 9 out of 10 times, you don't even need it for pup. It's just, like, when you take the job seriously enough, as I say every episode, uh, having that weapon to cover the other 10% of the times uh, feels all the different and all the more important. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think what it really is with me and pup is I need to sit down and, like, build an actual Lua for it. Um, I He's think... Fine. I don't have very good controls is what it is uh, for it. And what I did notice when I was playing it is that I was getting stuck in like really weird sets that I shouldn't be getting stuck in. And like, that's not a problem if you're not using wall automation, you know, like for the gear swap. But um, I, I just, I just couldn't deal with that level of uh, inconsistency. And like that, that's why I say that I'm just bad because I should be able to actually fix that, but I just never have gotten around to it. So maybe I will use yours. Yeah, just mine's mine's kind of set up in like an alpha state where there's maybe a couple bugs in terms of swapping gear. I don't really have any issues, but it's also not refined out for uh, attack speed because there needs to be on pup uniquely with King Konkin. Uh, just in general, having the rule wouldn't hurt. Uh, there needs to be a difference between martial arts from haste in terms of having King Konkin active, which is a simple. As long as you build both sets, it's really easy to break down if you have this equipped then, otherwise then do that. Um, but you need to have a separate thing there built in. But the problem is attaching, as it is for dual wield and other delays for all jobs, attaching all that into your overall Lua on top of pet stuff. I really like Lua control for like the magic side of pup stuff, but I don't like Lua control for like the 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 weapon skill side of things. And and I have manuals for that because obviously it can't do with the whole it can't detect the packet sending properly but but i have ways to control it that way i think i want to do it like the the way that eric's had described it where you just use the equip sets and just just handle that portion of it that what way what do you mean by lua control in this case because it's not a term you've really used before that i can rationalize so here. what i'm what i'm talking about is um the game will be able to detect that the puppet's doing a weapon skill and it will swap you appropriately right but it won't swap you in time yeah. So what I do with with this in this case with Lua control is I have a run where if the if the pet has like so much TP, I attempt to do a maneuver and it will a specific maneuver and that specific maneuver will allow it to uh, swap me into the right gear. So, so I'm still manually controlling it. Yeah, it's it's a workaround based on how much TP it has. So it's almost the same thing as setting up an equip set, but sometimes it can really fuck you if you just need to hit that maneuver anyway and your puppet is tanking and it also happens to have TP and then your puppet explodes well, like mine did against that Why don't you just have it where the puppet's TP is above a certain amount and it puts the gear on anyway? That's not how every other workaround works for other pup Lulas? Well, yes, but sometimes the puppet doesn't always weapon skill in a timely fashion. 
Yes, it doesn't. And That's the drawback. Yeah, so so basically what happened with me on Henwin is I was getting stuck in like weapon skill sets and I should not have been getting stuck in weapon skill sets and it was like chewing me up. Yeah. Because I was okay-ish um, when I was in a turtle set, but not great. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it was just kind of a mess and I just hadn't sat down and tried to iron it out really. I yeah, if if you don't have like the right... Up. If you don't have the right gear on, sorry. When you have the right gear on from your macro and you get caught in that, with Henwin doing that high counter damage and multi-hit and barreling smash, if you don't have yeah, your right die. gear on, you you get really destroyed pretty hard, which would explain what was happening to you. Yeah. It's... So yeah, basically I'm using one of those old like Motes Lua's right now, and mm. it also has this other shit that I need to dig out of it, like it's controls for overdrive. Because I overdrive too, and then I kept throwing me in this like awful overdrive set that was like... Yeah, I don't have an overdrive set. Because I could. probably should. <laughs> yeah, because I could, but I have a, a sharp shot DD set in the pet TP section. So my, my my Lua for pup is like all my other Luas, except it has an extra layer attached. Where uh, when you hit, um, was it Control F8? So Alt F8. Yeah. Well, no, Alt F8 is for DT. DT. So in this mm -hmm. term, and my other Luas for Rune, Control F8 would be uh, Spawn Eruption Rate Mode. Oh, okay. Yes, so for Rune and Pushy in Spell and Upstrate mode, uh, I took that same exact maneuver since Pup doesn't need Spell and Upstrate mode and put that same attachment to the same key, but for, you know, Puppet's uh, pet mode instead. So you go pet, you go master mode's default. Like, it, it takes the Rune Fencer Lua and it puts you in default master melee gear, focus on the master completely, uh, aftermath and all that. And then the press... Uh, Alt F8, it turns you into hybrid mode where it focuses on uh, wearing hybrid pet gear. It, it's really, it was more important when I was doing job points. Maybe there's sometimes I want to use it, etc. I keep it there because it's part of the job, etc. But I always go to the last one is pet TP, which uh, master and pet and hybrid replicate the same sets with different like gear, uh, different aftermath sets and stuff like that for AM3 because I have King Kong and I need that kind of granularity in there. But the ma the pet one has more modes than the hybrid and master, which toggle together. And it's the same toggle key for all of them. So it, it tries to stay really fluid. Yep. But I have uh, tanking turtle, uh, tanking in general. So they're based on how much HP. Like one uses the Onwing Salad because I don't have the Therondant Ring. And one uses the Kabuto for extra HP. Because if you're tanking something like Arabati... Which is what's fun too about Lewis is how much you can customize it to the game and what you're doing. You need yeah, to that's have, what I like too. Yeah, you need to have um, a separate mode, in my opinion, for tanking in general with capping DT and et cetera, and having extra armor plate you wouldn't usually have on, on top of extra HP and regen and stuff for the puppet for Arab body or harder content where that matters. Um, Henwin might be an example of your puppets getting hit. And then I have uh, Valor Edge, Sharp Shot, DD, uh, Spirit. Waker, nuking, etc. But I have Valorage and Sharpshot in separate DDs. I would just put uh, Sharpshot. I mean, the problem is Sharpshot. I have these ideas already built into my maneuver assist that I wrote. Yeah. So the problem is Sharpshot can be used in a um, shooting fashion with uh, Amender P2 and sit back and use Barrage Turbine and stuff like that. And it can be actually rather powerful, especially in a Piercing Weak mob. And that's what you'd want to use Sharpshot DD for, is why I built it that way. But I haven't ever had a situation where I would do that. So you could just make a simple toggle, or not a simple toggle, a simple rule where if overdrive's on and sharp shot DD is active, 
uh, use uh, overdrive gear. But otherwise, I would just put all that overdrive gear in the Sharpshot DD there because when you overdrive a Sharpshot, you don't you don't have time to swap gear. You just keep the constant uh, overall overdrive set on for that, and that's kind of your overdriving puppet generally. I also kind of want to hit at least 500 JP too, so I can wear, uh, so I can at least have the option to swap in uh, Hayoka. Yeah, because I don't have like any plus eminity either. That's I never cool. used Hayoka when we were fighting that, by the way. Well, yeah, for that particular mob, you probably wouldn't need it because everyone's damage is generally really low because of the attack issue. It would but, have been uh, beneficial to use it. I wanted to build in. It would take me two seconds to do. I just never did it. I wanted to build in. I have a bunch of pup needs less. So it needs keybinds that work together, um, but it needs to have less separate ones. Like there's, you don't use different weapons on pup or you need different weapon skills in there and stuff. So you have a lot of extra keybinds that are open compared to blue, rune fencer, et cetera. So I wanted to just put... Um, F11 specifically in your Lewis would probably fit that. Yeah, F11, um, I believe, is my auto-deploy. So if I'm fighting and that's on, so I wanted to put like just a toggle in there where based on, cause Lua can recognize the frame of the puppet. And I didn't know we were doing a secret, and head. a secret, yeah. And, and head, which is actually very important too. I didn't know we we're doing a secret gear swap episode, but for <laughs> pup, especially this is important. Here's the magic. Yeah. The magic behind everything we do with pup. Um, I wanted to put a toggle where based on the frame, um, if it was the head and the frame, et cetera, um, and in that tanking mode, if I pressed all F11, it would put on a certain macro set. So it would let me put on weapon skill gear for pup. All F11 in the sharp shot frame would put on weapon skill gear. All F11 in tanking mode uh, index on top of the uh, head combo would put in enemy gear. And that would handle everything appropriately. What you're, what you're describing is what I have built into this Motes Lua for maneuvers. Yeah, so like mine... I, I have a, a, a damage mode and a tank mode, which is one toggle, right? And then I have um, maneuver assist on or off, which is another toggle. And then based on the frame combination, plus whether or not I'm in damage or tank mode, it'll give me... Um, it lets me press that one button to do the three maneuvers that I would most generally need. So like I could just take an extension of that and build what you're talking about right now. Because the, there's just go from there. There's no perfect Lua, but customizing no. your Lua for how you play. Like I've seen the other pup Lua that's all nuts from it's not Falkirk, he's beast, but the uh what's the one ridiculous pup Lua that has like an on screen nav and everything ridiculous? Like I've seen that. Yeah. I just there's one for core like that as well. Um it might be from the same guy. But um there's a dancer one too with a little rose that lights up. I ooh, that's that's very fancy. Yeah. I've not I've not heard of that one actually. Yeah, it tells you when you can use like flourish one, two, and three. Yeah, the rose you have. The problem is, doesn't that doesn't that uh, UI start to lag you because of the way the Lua constantly has to update and stuff? To the, I don't I don't know. I've never actually used it. I've just seen screenshots. I, I've it. heard that it can lag you, but like the pup one and the core one can lag you by having too much going on and uh, putting that uh, UI on the screen and shit. But nonetheless, uh, the best gear swap in Lua is going to be conformed to you over time. Like, it should grow and expand with you. So I think mine's a good base because I try to make things as simple but as flexible as possible. So the moats to me is completely not flexible. It doesn't Yeah, I don't like, I'm trying to move and, away from all the moats stuff. Because, yeah, I just downloaded them just like most people who approach Lua. Yeah. Like, that's why this is important. Like, because it was just available. But it does limit you in a lot of ways because it, it interacts strangely with some of the things that you like to try to write as hooks. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes in the include file. Um, that maybe you want to control yourself. And that's usually the biggest complaint people make without realizing that they're complaining about it. 
and you don't see it because it's in a separate sidecar file for that. So you don't yeah. see like, it's not in front of you to look at. Why is it doing that? You have to like dig all through. of the state dot whatevers. Yeah. yeah, and the problem is. I don't think Moat ever played Pup, really, because all these things... Like, he made one for every job because he had to, because he wanted to... The whole point of Moat is it's great for the fact it's you can download it and go, and it's consistently played through every job, kind of like how I try to make mine to a certain extent, but you can't do that effectively. It's meant to provide the base framework for everything, but it's not meant to be the best thing. Yeah, they should be. They should always be basic Lua's. And, and they customize. all... And they all basically interact the same way too. Like if you hit F nine, F nine is going to do the same thing amongst all of them, etc. So like it's it's really good for when you start out, but like as you like grow on a job, yeah, you definitely need to start moving away from them. Which is also an added benefit because then the more people who learn how Lua works, you know, the less people will be afraid of actually going in and just updating their gear for one. Like some people don't even know how to update their gear, and you know, to each their own. But you can't learn unless you just go in and just do it. Well, what you do is you download a spreadsheet and... <laughs> There's a spreadsheet that tells you. Some shops don't even have a spreadsheet, like Pup does not. Uh, and Rune Fencer has one from, like, when Delve was new. Yeah. So, think about how long that was. I have to get the, I have to get the list of gear that's in no, this Lua, no because PDL. otherwise it will not work. It's funny. Yeah, no PDL at all. You know, this has been actually a very exciting way of getting back to these 11 conversations. Yeah. I am very satisfied with how this podcast ended up tonight. So, yeah, I mean, I um, I just had a long week, so I mean, I wasn't really like super feeling it going in, but I did want to talk about like something because I did experience the game in some way. Yep, yeah, same. Um, and uh, you know, I just it's 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 been really discouraging for me lately. Um, trying to work with these like groups of people, and it seems like people just don't want to learn, but at the same time, they'll also come complain that they're not really getting any better like even if it's indirectly like people will get really bummed out about their performances and stuff like that and like a lot of people just don't seem to try and it, it seems like every time i try to help them like it, it always just like it, it sometimes things get taken the wrong way and i mean not everyone is always the best at explaining things i, I know that i'm not um i translate when it comes to people's feelings yeah so like sometimes people like I don't know like it's just I've just been really discouraged lately on helping people in the game and like sometimes I just feel like it's not really worth it anymore but at the same time I know it's something that I enjoy doing so I might as well just continue to try but yeah it's just kind of a point I'm at I don't know don't sell the wiki fox it's the resource that everyone utilizes <laughs> don't sell the wiki um especially the, for, secret, the secrets out now everyone knows especially for some useless fucking stock options and like a couple thousand dollars that's it yeah um, yeah worth nothing um so it's really easy to get discouraged especially given the context and backdrop of everything and especially if you look offline in the world we live in today just i mean you have covid everywhere for two years straight you have you know, climate change destroying the entire world we're in. It's really easy to look at everything and get very discouraged. Um, it's not easy to keep trying to do what you believe in or fight in, uh, fight for. And I mean, if you enjoy something truly and you can step back from people who, there's people who you can't help. There's, you simply cannot yeah. help everyone. So if you are doing what you can and you're enjoying yourself, uh, as long as you keep that in, in mind and balance, and as long as you stay anchored to yourself and how you approach, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, everyone else is being stupid around me, but I'm trying to help. And if I can help, I can. If I can't, then I tried what I can. You know, 
Uh, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just going to do whatever. Fuck you guys. So I think that's a really decent way. Fuck you guys to keep it in, uh, yeah. to keep it in perspective and enjoy yourself because no matter what you can't, you know, you put your mask on first when the plane's going down, because if you can't help yourself, you can't help other people. And it's the same way for something like this. It's easy to get discouraged by everything going on. And, and I bitch and moan constantly about the botting, the RMTing, the buying everything, the, the degradation of the community through various means of everyone being self-centered and somehow completely fucking outstandingly ignorant. But at the same time, I've never given up how I enjoy running around the game, decompressing after a day. I've said in the past, like, if I go fight Leviathan and, and relax, then it's a good day for me. You know, if I keep that in mind and just have fun, like when I talk to you, Fox, I have a great time unwinding and having fun. It's it's like yeah, for sure. it's like self-therapy, you know, so... Uh, if I do that and keep that in mind, I don't have to exact meaningful change. But like we look at people talking to Zahn behind the scenes, there is change that's made. And that's the important sort of work that you kind of do. The stuff you don't always see. And sometimes you have to see it to keep motivated and keep going and to be encouraged because you don't want to think you're doing nothing uh, for all the effort you expend. But yeah, then, like I, I don't need recognition, but I like yeah, to make sure that it's not at about least it's useful, you know? It's not about recognition. It's about, it's about wanting, being useful. wanting to see that something is happening. You're, you're punching a wall. You don't want to see nothing happening to the wall. So yeah, it's not recognition. It's a matter of seeing that you're affecting some change. Because if you're doing nothing, you want to try something different, of course, uh, or not at all. But, you know, overall, that's that's the kind of thing. Just, you know, small change makes big progress. So... That's true. With anything you do, whether it's on this game or off. So ultimately have fun, Fox. Yeah, so I guess I'll have fun uh, rewriting all these Lewis. Hey, I want 10,000 codes of Beast by tomorrow, okay? 10,000 lines, yeah. How am I going to play Beast without your Lua? Uh, The same way everyone's been playing Beast without my Lua. Oh, moats again. Hey, the one I use currently is actually the the Falkirk Advanced one. It's just modified to an unrecognizable state. Is Falkirk's built off of moats, or is it his own? Yes, it is. It uses um, moats in Luke 2. See, I, I don't yeah. get it, because it's so easy to take the most basic Lua that's not using moats and make it do almost everything you want. It's like, for like in terms of moats, the one thing I've wanted that I could make, but it's a lot of extra effort that I personally don't know how to make, because I'm really not good with Luas. I've just kind of like this game. I'm horrible when I started off and I kind of scrape and scratch by to get something functional going. I've leaned on you for stuff, Fox. I've leaned on like plenty of other people. Uh, DLSM, I believe his name is on BG is still sometimes around in the gear swap help thread. Hopefully he, he's been freaking, he's the one who made that uh, weapon recognition for me for rune fencer. What allowed the, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I was absolutely, that's, that's great code. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. As it's long as your weapon is not unequipped, it is. Yeah, if that's the Achilles great. heel, I've been happy with that Achilles heel. It's never killed me ever. Yeah, at least it lets you know it's happening. Oh yeah. So like, like outside of people like that, uh, leaning on that to get what I need over the years, I've managed to build something that I'm proud to use and is very functional. So and unique. The, the interesting thing about Falkirk's Lua, the advanced one, I don't know what the other ones look like, um, is that it actually uses the least amount of the most features that you would expect in a Lua. Like uh, the 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 cast, like the specific modes and stuff that you can get stuck in, um, it it handles how your pet actions work really really well. And honestly, I don't think that I would be able to do a better job at the actual pet controls. I just want them in a shell that doesn't have like the other stuff built into it. I think that's the main thing I really need to look at. So it's like, like how to simplify it. 
it's 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 all the things you want shoved into a sheep's stomach. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't know if we have any Scottish viewers, but if we do, please send us an email at wtfinfinadeal at gmail dot com. That way, you can share us your thoughts and opinions. And you critiques. know, you know, every time we have a podcast where it's like uh, I try to invite someone on or someone finds out, uh, so. I said before I emailed the uh, AGW, AGDW, American and Germany Drinking Whiskey podcast. Did I say that? Or oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, I didn't include that. So, oh, okay. So, oh, wow. That, that's that have been something for the very start. I thought I, I thought I mentioned that. I'm, I'm sorry. Yep. So the podcast that got me into doing this podcast during the start of COVID, uh, they didn't plan it on being that way. It just happened to end up like around the same time. Uh, because I want to move to Germany, start, you know, there's a lot of, I go into a lot of different reasons about that. So Carrot and I are set on going, we're visiting Germany, um, the first, it's the end of the first week till pretty much the last week of October. So 21 days, three weeks, it's going to be a fucking, um, it's going to be awesome. I, I love that fucking country. Um, many reasons. So we're doing that and there's a podcast that got me into doing podcasts. So I mean, in terms of why I did this podcast, one, I liked their podcast, and it was in a way that was relatable enough. They're just two guys that drink whiskey uh, and talk about what it's like to be ones from the Northeast and ones from California, I believe. Uh, the East and the oh. Worst Coast, as I sent an email yeah. to them. I called it the Worst Coast. Because Carrot's from California, as many of you may not know, and I'm from obviously where I'm from. I'm not going to say it. Uh, New Jersey, as I call well, it. Well, if you judge it only off California, I can see why you'd have that. Yes, and Central Valley at that. I actually really like uh, the Oregon coast, especially like Central Oregon coast. I've it's actually always, really nice. since I was, you know, Astoria. and since I was even just much younger than I am now, before I even went anywhere, I always talked favorably about Oregon because I had this great picture of it. And I'm glad to see that over all these years, that picture of Oregon has never changed from being pretty good. Yeah, yeah, everything, not Astoria, Astoria is a little further north. Um, the, like the Lincoln City, um, that, that area is nice. I've driven to Oregon by accident. Oh. It was, it was, I was in Idaho, it was an accident. I didn't mean to go to Oregon. <laughs> in Idaho, oh man. I lived there for a year. Well, no, what, what I'm saying is just accidentally driving from Idaho to Oregon well, is a special I, treat. Well, yeah, it was a nice drive. Um, that's good, man. Another story from the time. Um, but anyway, so their podcast, uh, they're just talking about expat life. And it's, it's very important for a person that wants to move there. There's You understand there's certain culture shocks, et cetera, going on. But to have two relatable guys that are, I mean, I wouldn't say we're as cool as them. But <laughs> no, obviously not. We certainly, we certainly do it in a certain way that is uh, respectable. Despite them only making it about an hour, hour and a half, I thought we wouldn't even crack two hours, and somehow we made it our typical length for an episode, which is fine. I had a great time. Um, so I emailed them recently that I'm going to be in Berlin, see if they want to meet. I can bring over, because they had an episode about things they can't get, like the one guy's mother loves Reese's Pieces. They don't sell Reese's Pieces in German, whatever, in Germany. And his mother doesn't live there. She still lives in the States. But just in general, certain items they don't sell, like in America, Malamars, which is a chocolate-covered marshmallow cookie, uh, is in season on the east coast do you have malamars in the west oh, yeah. coast yeah yeah i know malamar okay yeah. so malamars are universal i thought they were an east coast thing more so uh, i don't really see them out here very often okay though. so they're still an east coast thing that's made it out to the west coast in limited fashion sure they're only available certain times of the year the 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 word is because they would melt in the hotter weather but that's that's obviously bullshit we live in a modern world 
but yeah. you know, I said I could bring over Malamar, certain whiskeys, because they they have a different whiskey they drink every episode, and they start the episode and end the episode on that whiskey, and it's like an hour, hour and a half kind of thing. And you know, they make notes, take pictures, Instagram, but bullshit we don't do. And I uh, talked to them about you know, you want to meet up? I'll bring over this whiskey you haven't had that's allocated kind of thing, special da da da, and. I've gone with the story so long, I don't even know where I was going, but... Well, you're in Germany. They, they, you, yeah, they, uh... they're the ones that started me to get into this podcast. There you go. So they, they, their podcast got me into this on top of um, New Dawn's podcast sucking so bad, I felt I had to do better. <laughs> that, between those two things, it was New Dawn sucking and uh, them showing me that the average guy can do a podcast in a way that was like, hey, these two guys are cool. They're doing a podcast. Anyone can do this. They're just two guys sitting there. That They, they didn't move to Berlin together they moved there separately and met each other later so there was like two guys that moved from different places no never knew each other kind of just met together made a podcast kind of like you and i went to a wedding and never knew each other never played together <laughs> on game and we started the True. podcast <laughs> so you know that's how that all happened and uh i emailed them and they actually emailed me back about maybe meeting up and, and seeing about that i'm like oh that'd be really awesome but you know that got me into it so uh if anyone wants to come on for those filler episodes while i'm away we can put out while I'm in Germany, while I'm not here, because I can schedule them while I'm not even around to be uploaded later. So uh, if anyone wants to do that, then let's get that done. I figured they'd just be one-on-one interviews with someone who wants to talk about their history, gaming. Just They don't have to have a topic. They just talk about themselves, kind of like Fox and I did tonight. We just make something up and just run with it. So that and that. So It's, it's not as hard as it seems, I promise. Yeah, I, I was kind of worried tonight we wouldn't have anything to talk about. And we... You know, did it. Yeah, I've, I've had extra less to do on game. <laughs> yeah, I, I was computers. worried too because we haven't been playing as much. Yeah. Nope, there's always something that'll disappoint you. It worked out. Kind of like, you know. That's right. The game works out. All right. Well, I think that about does it, huh? Yeah, you want to play us off? Yeah, there you guys. <laughs>